the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let's get it underway. It's Tuesday. I wasn't here last week taking care of my wife. She's doing pretty good, guys. Well, that's great. She's doing better. She's doing better. But the swelling finally is starting to go down, which is good. Did she actually break her ankle? Three places. Oh, my. Both on the left and the right side and the back. She got nine screws in it. And a couple of pieces of metal. Wow. So she's literally screwed up. Yeah. Yeah, I can use that she'll, she'll have to when go. I want to get beat up. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Anything uh, you say can will be used against yeah. you for the rest of your life. Uh. Yeah. You know, it's so funny. She didn't listen last week. and uh, But uh, a friend of ours listened, and she uh, texted uh, Linda and said, are you all right? And she said, yeah, I'm fine. She said, why is he taking the whole day off? And she said, well, I didn't know he was taking the whole day off. <laughs> and I I told her, I said, I'm taking the day off, darling, just because taking care of you. Because last week they took the soft cast off, mm-hmm. put the walking boot on. She can't walk in it yet, but mm. walking boot on and all that. And uh, she was actually freaked her out when she saw saw the surgery that they had done. 17 stitches, mm-hmm. yeah, nine on one side, eight on the other. And, and uh, I was kind of surprised at how big the the, uh, incisions the, inc- you know, the incisions had been. But I finally convinced her. She was like, she's been for just tough to get her to allow me to put a, a cold compress mm-hmm. on her ankle about three times a day for about 20 minutes each time. And being a former... You know, baseball player, athlete, and I got really, really small ankles, and I would turn my ankle. You'd, I'd step on a pebble and turn my ankle. <laughs> so I, uh, I I, got used to doing that, and ice is your best friend when swelling happens. So she wasn't doing it, and now she's having the problem where, you know, they cut you, and now your uh, your nerves are starting to heal back together, and it's their nerves are letting you know that they're healing back mm. together. But if you ice them, kinda, doesn't kinda help you, hurt you so bad. It dulls it a little. So uh, it, today it she's without... doing it three times today because uh, last night I got her to finally do it. And she, she slept all night because her nerves were giving her all uh, kinds of crap. So I was good. Mm. Hey, listen, did you guys know that there's going to be a big uh, 2A amendment uh, uh, rally I've, at I, the Capitol. I've heard that. I don't know much about it, though. Thursday. going to be happening. And, it, in fact, we got uh, Dan Borum. He's going to join us, Patriots of uh, Act 746, uh, with us on the phone. R.D. is here. 
Paul is here. Jan is on her way. She's going to be a little bit late. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We're doing, great. Show, We're doing fantastic. Thank you. Uh, I uh, I spoke to, to GOA yesterday because uh, it was a Jordan that's coming in to speak on Thursday. That's right. Jordan Stein, he's going to be flying down from uh, Washington to be a part of this uh, great event at the uh, Capitol State Building. Yeah, he's going to join me uh, Thursday afternoon, but I wanted to get somebody on this morning uh, or this early this afternoon to talk about what was coming up on Thursday because, um, you know, we want to let as many people as can know about this. When is it all going to start on Thursday? Hey, look, it's going to be uh, this Thursday, October 10th. It's a 2A day at the Capitol. Uh, it's going to be starting at 11 a.m. It's going to be on the uh, second floor, the rotunda on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, we invite everybody to come, everybody from across the state. If you can make it to this event, uh, you're not going to be sorry. It's going to be very, very good. But starting, uh, Dave, starting at 11, we're going to start off with a memorial for the late uh, Senator Linda Collins-Smith. Okay. And uh, her daughter, her daughter is going to be speaking in her behalf. And so I'm very much looking forward to that, to to honor her memory and all that she done for this state. And um, then we'll be uh, giving uh, Jordan Stein from Gun Owners Association to be able to uh, probably give him like uh, 30 minutes or so to, to be able to tell about what, what they're doing for us uh, all across the nation. And also uh, Sheriff Chris Brown is going to be with us, and we're going to be giving him time to speak and but the uh the main event of the whole thing is uh we're going to have chris ann hall who's going to be in from uh, liberty first university out of florida uh actually on wednesday she's going to be in the white house in washington dc lecturing there and then she's going to be flying down to uh to little rock to be with us on thursday at the state capitol building and she's going to be lecturing on state sovereignty and the role of our legislators uh, and hopefully we're going to have many of our of our legislators from from the House and the Senate to be there to to listen to her. Uh, they should. They we, should be there should and be. listen. Do we know if any of the Absolutely. committee meetings are meeting that day? I'm not sure about the committee meetings of how many might be held. If, uh, but uh, I know they've worked this out uh, back in the. Uh, but I believe it was back in February when we had Chris in in for a solid week in, in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. She went all over the state lecturing. When she was in Jonesboro, uh, uh, Representative Dan Sullivan, along with some others, were there listening to her. And uh, Representative Sullivan was so impressed with her knowledge of the Constitution that he worked along with the POA, uh, Arkansas Liberty Coalition to bring her into the Capitol in Little Rock. So, you know, a uh, big shout out to Representative Sullivan for helping us make this happen. Yeah, let's say that we hope Representative Sullivan will soon be State Senator, Senator. Sullivan. Yes, sir. And yes, get rid sir. of John Cooper. For that. Uh, you know <laughs> one thing? You, you know one thing that I think Dan Sullivan understands that maybe some other senators and representatives don't understand is because of the 10th amendment states do have their sovereignty but you can't be sovereign with anything unless you're physically sovereign if you're dependent on money 
then whoever has the money controls you. So uh, if there's anything we need to work on is being more sovereign and not be led around with a federal checkbook. That that is exactly right, and those those are the dangers that exist out there that can cause a nation to fall into a democracy rather than a constitutional republic, where the mob rules rather than being a constitutional republic. You know, yeah. it's Benjamin Franklin that that out of our forefathers, you know, when they when they came out of the uh, constitutional convention and and drafting this great constitution that we have. And he was asked, what, what did you all come up with? He said, we're giving you a constitutional republic if you can keep it. And that's what we're fighting for right now. I think we've proven we can't. Well, a lot of people well, can't. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm not ready to throw the towel in. No, the I'm not either. I'm not I mean, saying we should. I'm just we've been fighting on the wall in many cases, but Brother, I'm not ready to quit. I'm ready to fight. Now, Dan, you know me well enough that that hasn't. Yes, sir. I still got plenty of fight left in me. <laughs> That's yes, right. Sir, I know you do. I know you do, Dave. And also, you know, thinking about this lesson that, that Chris Ann created, this was at the request of the legislators in the state of Utah. There were some who heard her lecturing on the genealogy of the Constitution and so they came back and asked her to create a class just for legislators in their state capital. And so that's how this lesson came to be, this lecture that she has. And, man, this is something that whether you're a legislator or you're just a grassroots activist like, like ourselves, this is something you do not want to miss. You want to be a part of it. All right, so we're going to get underway, second floor of the Rotunda, 11 o'clock. You're going to have a a salute to Linda Collins-Smith, a memorial to her, because she did do a lot for the Second Amendment here in the state of Arkansas. And then at 1130, uh, we've got uh, the gun owners of America speaking. Then you have this lady flying in from Washington, D.C. to speak. So it's going to be a fantastic event, and it's open to everybody at no cost. That's right. And also, uh, Chris Ann. Uh, she's going to be in Jonesboro this Saturday. Oh, for the Trump March. The, yeah. She she will be at the Hilton Garden Inn lecturing there on America Disarmed, and that will start at 1230 p.m. So, man, if you can make that, you need to be a part of that as well. Okay. Jan will be here in a few moments, and uh, we're going to talk to her about the Trump uh, Women's Mar- Ma- March for Trump on Saturday up there in Jonesboro. That's going to be happening as well. well it's going to be it, a big day in Jonesboro. Yeah, are, 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 are we getting into election season again, do you think, there, Dan? <laughs> it sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like it. All right, hey, by, by the way, people who want to get involved with you all and uh, keep up with what's happening on the, 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 the tip of the spear as far as freedom goes, where can people go? Hey, just go to Facebook and type in Patriots of Act 746 and ask to join. Uh, one of the admins will add you to... Uh, to the page, and then once you get on the main page, you can look at the tabs and uh, see where the uh, the regional uh, group is that's close to you, and ask to join that. And you can uh, attend luncheons, you can uh, be involved and and learn and just learn along with the rest of us. Now, big deal to be involved with you all. You all have done a fantastic job of keeping people, thank you, sir. You know, in, involved and uh, informed about real conservatism. That's right. It, it, it is we're, 
POA. We are a grassroots group. We're not we're not interested in a bunch of uh, you know silly debates on the page. We we just want to inform, to educate, and to ed- and to continue to educate ourselves as we go along. That's one thing that I really enjoyed about Representative Sullivan, and as well as uh, some of the others, when they listen to Chris Ann Hall, they say, you know what? I learned some things. I, I've really been educated, and I've learned things that I did not realize. Man, that shows the wisdom of a man when he's willing to say, I still have room to learn. Yeah, I agree, Dan. And we appreciate your time today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. It all gets underway again Thursday, 11 a.m. on the second floor, the rotunda of the state capitol. Be there. It will be well worth your time. Dan, thanks for being with us today, brother. Thanks for having me. Talk to you later now. All right, Dan Borum here on the Dave Ellswick Show. we got to get a break in. It's already... 18 minutes after. Zach, why'd you let me go? No, I'm just <laughs> We got to take a break. We got more coming your way. Big game today. Is it, uh, let's see, Houston's playing today, right, against Tampa Bay. And they're going to try to close out their series against Tampa Bay. Tomorrow, big games in Atlanta, because that's where the cards will be at. They win tomorrow. They continue on. If they lose tomorrow... They pack up the bats and the balls, so they'll play playing their game a little bit after 4 o'clock. And then tomorrow night around uh, 7 o'clock our time, it's L.A. versus the Nationals. That's gone longer than I thought it would. I thought Dodgers take it in four games. They're pushing it all the way to five. So uh, they'll be playing in Dodger Stadium tomorrow. And I'm trying to think uh, that big uh, – fastball thrower they got for Washington. I can't think of his name right now. He always gets hurt from time to time. Not Swarzer. He played. He pitched uh, last night. Did very well, in fact. But uh, I'm trying to think as uh, a Bueller who's going to pitch for uh, the Dodgers tomorrow night. So we'll see what happens. I'll be watching that game. Should be really good. Plus, my son-in-law is a huge, he bleeds Dodger blue, I'm just telling you. <laughs> anyway, I'll be watching it for him and pulling for the Dodgers tomorrow night. So, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Paul is here. Uh, what's your name again? R.D. <laughs> is here. That's <laughs> Jan. And Jan's on her way. So, we got a lot coming your way. We got a lot to talk about here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, let's get <laughs> ever. I, I wish people could hear some of the stuff that said during the break. I'm I'm here riding. I'm always riding people here on my show, making up stories. The words and stuff. that just came out of RD's. Yeah, I was just I'm just I was just making things up for RD, wasn't I, RD? Yeah, that's right. I hope you weren't recording. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was not doing that. All right, so let's get into it with the power panel here today. And, again, Jan is on her way. She uh, she was working on some things, getting some things done. She's been working uh, on this women's march uh, in Jonesboro. From what I understand uh, from her today, uh, she had she had another wrestling match with uh, Facebook that they said that her uh, placard that she put up Let's sort take a, a look here. Sort Let's, of a notice, just just sort of a campaign rally. Yeah, you guys Trump, might have not, seen it in the in the, the conversation that but, we were having. But I don't see it much of a um, as much controversial, unless you just don't want Trump well, stuff. He, up here's there, what but. the flyer said. It was it's a one page flyer. 
All right. It says Northeast Arkansas Women's March for Trump. All are welcome October 12th. Lineup begins 8 a.m. at uh, 201 East Oak Avenue in Jonesboro. March is from 9.30 to 11.30 with the keynote speaker being Jan. All right. And here's what she told me. She says, uh, I've been dealing with Facebook corporate over Facebook taking down our flyer promoting the Arkansas March rally for Trump this Saturday. They said the event violates their community standards. Of course, (laughs) if it's positive about Trump, it definitely, you know, is going to violate their community standards. And, And she says, nope, I'm not kidding. They removed our post flyer for the event, and she showed me the flyer. It took me 24 hours to get it restored. I can get the event organizer to call on your show today if you want. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to hear the event organizer today. So that's going to happen as well. And she says, here's the flyer. There's nothing controversial. Let me tell you, when it comes to Jan, this is a, as vanilla as it gets. <laughs> for, for Jan, this is pretty, I mean, her picture is huh? not even on. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't say no Muslims allowed or no, anything like that? No, it didn't say anything like that. She said everyone's welcome, right? Yeah. Wow. And then uh, I told her, I said, well, we're going to talk about the 2A rally Thursday in Little Rock, which we just did. And she says, well, this is not about 2A rally, which I knew. This is about uh, the the women for Trump. Yeah, so we talk about both of them. A lot of stuff going on with it. And then uh, nice to get the call from Dan uh, from POA to tell us about what was going on on Thursday. Yes, absolutely. There needs to be a lot of education. There's so many things that are attacking the second amendment right now as far as the red flag laws and the what they want to call their uh, uniform background check so uh everything that you hear on tv or read in the newspaper is not always as it seems to be so everybody need to do some further research in what they are really what their plans really are well i think it's kind of a attempted progression at at stripping more and more rights away of course it and is it's, and it's a, and it's effective unfortunately the the society is kind of biting off and and swallowing some of this um intellectual garbage well what i can't believe are some of the republicans some of our senators and and governors on the republican side are, are going along with, with with this initiative uh i guess trying to be more uh uh palatable to the uh, people in the middle Mm. Well, and I think maybe some of them, and I think maybe Tom Cotton's one of those who's maybe a little bit naive about about how the red flag system works and, and how we just don't do an adequate job of holding liars accountable when they sick the government on people. I, if you just well, if you just look if you just look at some of the language on some of those. It doesn't sound all that bad. The problem is it's just not true. That's exactly right. That's the reason I say people need to look into it, just like uniform background checks is really a national registry to to track where all the guns are in the country. So uh, what people say it is, and and people will say, well, the red flag laws, uh, we're going to support them as long as they have due process. A red flag law cannot have due process. They're... they're opposed to each other. There's no such thing as a red flag law with due we've, process. We've already got a system in place where if you think a relative or a friend or somebody you know has gone off the rails and lost their mind, you can call the police and you can say, hey, look, this guy is dangerous. I think he's either on some drugs or some, or maybe had a head injury and he, he's he's going to hurt himself or hurt somebody because he's just not in his right mind. You can call the police 
and they will come. And if it if it is indeed true, then he'll get um, he'll get due process, and he'll, he'll get he may get taken away right then because it may very well be very obvious. He may be standing outside in his under in his birthday suit, screaming at people as they walk down the sidewalk, and that's a pretty decent indication he's probably out of his mind. Now, if you're normal and you do that, okay, but most people don't do that, and that's normally not considered normal behavior. And so that's a good a good way to get yourself locked up. But we well, used systems, to call that streaking. Well, there's that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, there's that. But usually, it didn't stand in one spot. I think it was generally <laughs> hey, there was some pretty quick in, moving. There was someone in Cabot the other day riding a bicycle yeah. with, uh-huh. with his birthday suit on and had a kid sitting on the front of the bicycle. It was kind of weird. Yeah, that's kind of. Uh-huh. I'm just saying that's kind of sure. weird. Wow, it really, really yeah. is. By the way, uh, we're going to have uh, Jordan Stein. Here on Thursday on the show, I don't know whether it'll be 3 o'clock or 4 4 o'clock. It's going to be one of those hours. He's the director of communications for Gun Owners of America. Good deal. All right. Big breaking story during uh, the news. Big, big words coming out. You know, everybody got uh, all excited last week when Republicans started talking about Hey, the problem with this uh, whistleblower, the first one now, this is the first one, uh, is that he's Democrat, all right? And so the Democrats saying, well, it shouldn't mean anything just because he's Democrat, blah, 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 blah. Well, today comes out under, uh, during last Friday's impeachment inquiry interview with Atkinson, all right, and Atkinson, of course, let me tell you, uh, he's Michael Atkinson is the intelligence community's inspector general. So he checks in on these whistleblowers. And so during the interview with Atkinson, he said, well, you know, he's a little bit more than just a Democrat. Uh, he revealed that the whistleblower's real possible bias was not that he's simply a registered Democrat. It's that he had a significant tie to one of the Democratic presidential candidates currently vying to challenge President Trump in next year's election. (laughs) Quote, the the IG said the whistleblower worked and had some type of professional relationship with one of the Democratic candidates, unquote. The IG said the whistleblower had a professional relationship with one of the 2020 candidates, said another person with knowledge of what was said during the meeting. What Atkinson said was that the whistleblower self-disclosed that he was a registered Democrat and that he had a working relationship with a current 2020 Democratic presidential candidate, said a third party that was there for the uh, interview. All three sources said Atkinson did not identify the Democratic candidate with whom the whistleblower had a connection. Unclear what the working or professional relationship between the two was. I call BS. That's what I call. It's all political. This is all Ka- this is Kavanaugh <laughs> all over again. I mean, really, Carl Rowe today was right on, and uh, he talked about what the Dems are going to do to themselves. See, 
I believe they truly believe exactly what Congressman Green of Texas said. We got to impeach him now. He might win a re-election. That's what he said. <laughs> he said that. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> that's what he said. Hmm. All right. That's pretty. Hmm. That's election. That, it's an election strategy. Yeah. Now, that's huh? pretty out there. We got to impeach huh. him now because he might get re-elected. Well, here's what Carl Rove said. Cut one. I thought it was very unusual that the uh, House Democrats. Uh, remember, the, the original thing is they sent the letter on the 27th saying we want documents and witnesses to begin appearing by the 2nd of October, right. which is like two working days, two business working days. They sent it on a Friday and they want them to start appearing on Wednesday. So Monday and Tuesday, you're supposed to get all these documents together. These people are supposed to be able to meet with the counsel of the State Department. They're able to look at what they can say and what they can't say. And this is just ridiculous. So There you go. And it is. It's ridiculous. Hmm. I stepped away from the microphone. I'm taking my my coat off. I finally <laughs> warmed up here. Yeah, it's amazing. You know, it, one, it makes you wonder if there's any department in Washington, D.C. that follows policy and does things the way they're supposed to do it and does not have an alternative, ulterior motive in a political agenda. I mean, he went on to say that the Democrats are going to hurt themselves with impeachment on the flimsiest of rationale. I mean, if this guy, if whoever this is, guy, gal, whomever it is, that was the first whistleblower, was working with a 2020 candidate for the Democrats, nobody should, it was not, there was no first person type of information. This person should sure never did. even been taken seriously in any way, shape, or form. They heard it from a friend. Yeah. Who heard, heard it from, from a friend? friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we could hear about it, you know, however <laughs> that song goes. Well, so so basically, their, their whistleblower is, is it now coming out? They're basically, they heard a rumor. Well, yeah, they changed the rules just a few days before this person. They gave them the okay to uh, bring their complaint. Hmm. You know, you got Shift out there. Oh, that guy's a loser. I had uh, Congressman Hill on last Wednesday. He said everybody sees that guy as a nut job. <laughs> everybody in Congress thinks that he's crazy, and he's in—you know—he's in—he's in charge of the Intelligence Committee. Think about that for a moment. Think about that. Well, sounds about right for government intelligence. Yeah. Well, Jim Jordan had this to say about him. Cut number three. Based on the unfair and partisan process that Mr. Schiff has been running. When you think about what the Democrats are trying to do, impeach the president of the United States 13 months prior to an election based on an anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge who has a bias against the president. And the guy running the process, Chairman Schiff, didn't even tell us that he had met with the whistleblower prior to the whistleblower filing the complaint. Adam Schiff didn't tell us that the way he treated Ambassador Sondland last week in this, excuse me, Ambassador uh, Volker in this uh, interview last week, that's, that treatment is, is the reason why the administration, the State Department said we're not going to subject Ambassador Sondland to the same treatment. And um, look, we were actually looking forward to hearing from Ambassador Sondland. We thought he was going to reinforce exactly what Ambassador Volker told us last week. But again, unfortunately, when you have a Speaker of the House who says we need to strike while the iron's hot, when you have a chairman of the committee who is so biased against this president that he wouldn't even tell us that he had met with his staff, had met with the whistleblower prior to the whistleblower Think filing the complaint. And frankly, this is a pattern with Mr. Schiff. 
He did the same thing, if you remember, the first big hearing the Democrats did this Congress, Michael Cohen. He didn't tell us that his staff had met with Mr. Cohen four hours prior to Mr. Cohen testifying. Mm -hmm. He didn't tell us that last summer he had met with Mr. Simpson out in Colorado, piling around with the guy with Fusion GPS. So this is a pattern. Um, like I said, we were hoping to hear from the ambassador today, but we understand exactly why the administration, exactly why the State Department has chosen to say, look, if it's going to be this kind of process, if you're going to selectively leak text messages, 67 pages of text messages we had, they, they take a handful and release to all of you, and not give the full context and not release the transcript, we understand why they made this this decision at this uh, at this moment. I'm going to let some of my Ambassador Sondland says he's disappointed that he wasn't allowed to attend this deposition today. Yeah, and I said the same thing. We're 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 uh, we wish he would have been able to testify too, but we fully understand why the administration made the decision they did. When you're going to have a chairman release certain parts of what was said in a closed-door interview and not release the entire transcript and give it context, um, you can see why they didn't want to subject Ambassador Sondland to the same kind of treatment. Now, two, that's two great things that Jordan brought up there. Schiff didn't tell anybody that he had met with the whistleblower weeks before they even told anybody there was a whistleblower. Now think about that for a moment. There might have been a little coaching going on. Yeah, think yeah, think about that for a moment. This is typical Democratic playbook uh, stuff. He's probably a consultant for whistleblowers, <laughs> so you know he was only he probably works for Fusion. Yeah, yeah. Oh. he was only doing it for for a consulting fee, and that oh, does not God. have to be disclosed. Just uh. incredible. And then, and like you said, why why would you know uh, the uh, Ukrainian ambassador from the U.S. Be allowed to go up there and be deposed when they can't keep their freaking mouth shut in that committee. The Democrats can't. So yeah, I mean it's like you said. You you got sixty five pages of of uh, tweets and emails, and you release a handful of them to the press without context, without any context whatsoever of what was being really said. It's, it's incredible. At, at the end of the day, though, this is we've got the party that kills unborn children, and they're proud of it, and they fight for it, and they, they cheer for it. Why should we expect honesty and integrity well, I, know, from I them? don't expect any honesty from them. I mean, yeah, but it's just why like the over, American people expect honesty, I'll never know. They're overplaying their hand in a poker oh, game. Oh, my Lord. They're, they're playing poker, and they're not holding any cards. And they keep saying, hey, we're going to call your bluff, and we're going to impeach the president for this, no this, no, we're going to do it for this. Their whole card is a And every time when they fold the cards down, they don't have any cards. They have jokers. And every yeah. time they do it, they look stupider than they did the time before. Well, so maybe so, we should give them some rope. Yeah. By the way, before we go to break, just to move away from politics a little bit, have you guys heard about this guy Samuel Little that they're now saying is probably the the uh, biggest serial killer ever in the United States? Has killed over eighty or ninety people. Goodness. Go back to nineteen ninety five, I believe, that he killed a woman by the name of Ruth in North Little Rock. Whoa. Wow! How Here many states? Or how, how big area? I, does I don't it know cover? how many. Is it, is he's this, all over the United States. Is this the first guy to have killed more people than a government aid, agency? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I will, I will just tell you that. Do they have him in custody? Same, oh yeah, they got him in custody. Mm. They've had him for a while. Evidently, mm. he's just starting to sing now. Just mm. telling them. 
and and they're finding. Look, the the North Little Rock police uh, have it on record that because uh, he, he told them he had been al- uh, arrested for shoplifting, and uh, sure enough, he's in the books. They got him down as a shoplifter when they had found him. Uh, you know, they had arrested him. They had let him go. He'd gone back to to get his uh, car that he had, probably some clunker or whatever, and found this woman uh, was sleeping in it. And then they, he said, we went to Benton or Bentonville or something like that, and then came back and uh, he killed her evidently. Hmm. So anyway, uh, they've got a picture of her, an artist's rendition of it, and uh, going to be interesting if there's any family members that say, yeah, that's my sister or that's my uh, cousin or or whatever. So he's not running for Democrat. No, and, uh, he's, he's not running for, for he's Democrat, not running for office, nor yet. is he working well, for yeah, any candidate that I know of. Yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Clintons aren't well, running yet, so they don't well, need somebody like him. But that's. <laughs> maybe he's not related to anybody and we'll get the justice that he deserves might. for it. He might. All right. We got 14 till 3. Let's get a break in mm-hmm. right now. Come back. We got more to look at. Uh, you got, I got to play the C SPAN caller. I was hoping to have Jan on when I played it because a C SPAN caller from California who said, I didn't leave the Democrats, they left me. I'm going to play that for you when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we are here. Uh, we're one person shorthanded. We're waiting for uh, Jan to get here. She's going to come uh, here during the show. The FBI says it has confirmed that Samuel Little is the most prolific serial killer in the country's history with the verification now of 50 of the 93 murders to which he has confessed. According to his account, that trail of murder led right through Arkansas. A North Little Rock death is one that the FBI is still seeking information to confirm. The video of his confession in that uh, purported death is out uh, from the FBI page on the case. Uh, you can look at it there. They think that the death occurred between 92 and 94. According to the FBI, Little said he encountered a black female in a transient area of Little Rock. That's a homeless camp. Uh, between 1992 and 1994, he remembered that it was cold and possibly snowing when they met. He described the woman as 24 years old. 5'5 five, five to 5'7, five, and approximately 200 pounds. Little stayed with her on and off for about three days. He reportedly shoplifted with the woman. Then she sold the merchandise. Little remembers being arrested for shoplifting in a North Little Rock Kroger grocery store. Records indicate that Little was, in fact, arrested by the North Little Rock Police Department for shoplifting from Kroger on April 20th, 1994. According to Little, he was released after about three hours so that he could move his vehicle, which he said was a 1978 yellow Cadillac Eldorado or possibly a yellow Dodge off of the grocery store's property. Little stated that when he returned to his vehicle, the woman was sleeping inside. He first drove the woman to meet her ex-boyfriend, a man called Bear. Little believes Bear is now deceased. Then drove her back to her residence. 
He returned the following day and drove with her toward Benton or Bentonville, Arkansas. When they were outside Little Rock, Little drove down a dirt road and manually strangled the woman to death. Little stated he placed the woman's body on a pile of branches and old corn stalks in or near a cornfield. He believes the woman's name may have been Ruth and that her mother lived in North Little Rock. Kind of a chilling little story there. Yeah, that is kind of rough. When you think about that, this serial killer was working his way all over the United States. Uh, he sounds a lot. I don't know what the name of the killer was. I don't know if it's the same guy that was rode the rails. He was like a hobo hmm. would grab rides on he would just on trains kill and, people and, and kill people indiscriminately. As, yeah, as he went across the, the country. Because we know well. we know that serial killers, you know, are opportunists, and that they're they're wanting to kill somebody builds over time. And so it's kind of a. Sort of a the, the, sort of the thing where depravity just kind of it feeds itself. Yeah, it's, it's a terrible thing. Yeah, I don't know. Have you ever watched that show on on Netflix called Mind Hunters? It's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about Peterson. He's the guy who who put together all of the information uh, about how they profile serial killers. I've had him on this show a couple of times. Very interesting guy, and uh, you know he put those profiles together from interviewing Richard Speck and and Charlie Manson and the you know, was it the GDB killer and you know and all of that I mean he he talked to all the serial killers and they were able to put some some things together that they all had in common kind of interesting it's it's a morbid curiosity I'll grant you it's just like I can never change the channel when I come across mob stories. Well, somebody needs to do it whenever it comes to the police. The police and a lot of emergency responders, they do things that most of us wouldn't like or glad we don't have to do every day. But someone needs to interview these people, understand how their mind works, and be be able to... uh, he wrote a book. It's Predict. called "They Might Be Monsters." That's what uh-huh. he wrote, and it's it's probably valuable information. But we still need to be careful that we're not jumping off into this pre-crime idea of well, you've got this this marker and this marker. And this no, marker. that's not what they're doing. Right? No, and, what they're doing is they're saying we've got. It's like they're the guys that pulled together the uh, the killer uh, of the kids in Atlanta. Mm. And, uh, and, said, and it, said it wasn't a white person; it was a black person yeah. that was doing it. They were able to, to pick up some different things because he was a he was approaching these black kids, and these black kids felt comfortable approaching him. Probably wouldn't have happened if it was a white guy doing it. Yeah. I don't know. That's a, it is interesting. Hey, it's an interesting study, though. Hey, you need people profiling. You you need people to if well, you've got a thousand suspects on a case. And they all show certain proclivities. Yeah, that's exactly right. You got to be able uh, to cut the time down before maybe it happens again, sure. and, and go to the ones that are most likely to be the, the one that did. Right. If you've got if you've got an axe murderer, more than likely he used it, an axe. Well, there's that, but it's more, more than likely it's not an 87 year old woman. Right. More than likely. I mean, it's possible, but it's most more serial than killers are white males. I think Probably there's only so. been one woman. Serial killer, and that was Warhorse or whatever her name yeah, was the, down in Florida. Well, the, the vast majority of murderers, murderers are men. And she was killing yeah. truck drivers. 
Oh, wow. Is that right? Yeah. I hitch a ride with the truck drivers. Oh. And she was a fairly formidable woman. Let's put it that oh. way. That's where I could put it. Well, probably Charlize Theron won take, the Academy Award for take, playing her. Taking advantage of men who were maybe not too, not, not too tight with their morals. Well, uh, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah, this, this is a... Uh, another strong uh, reason we need the Second Amendment, huh? Yeah, I'll and go along with that. Okay, I promise C-SPAN, I'll promise again. We'll do it after the news. Hopefully Jan will join us here in the 3 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Power panels in. Paul is here as well as uh, RD is here. Um, do you want to talk about what's going on or do you want to hold off? We'll hold off. We'll hold off. Yeah. I agree. Might as well not. Let's not poke them in the eye too much. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll tell you in the future what that's all about. <laughs> we got more coming your way in a moment. News is next. with you dave ellswick show second hour of the power panel three o'clock let you know right now next week power panel will not meet but the uh, the bible guys are going to do a special show uh for the whole show four hours we've got a rabbi coming on and all kinds of stuff it's going to be a lot of fun and a whole lot of interesting information for you to take a take a look at i'm sitting here checking stocks during the break <laughs> seeing how things are doing i promised you i'd play a, a cut from C-SPAN. This is a caller calling in to All C-SPAN right. uh, from California. I want you to listen to the <laughs> conversation. Here we go. There, Kathleen has been waiting out in California on our line for independence. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was a lifelong Democrat. I was registered Democrat for over 30 years. And in the last few years, the widening of this left lane, as has been described, is exactly why I'm now an independent. I think not just that the economics continue to be unchallenged in the policies 
um, presented by um, the presidential candidates, but also social issues, um, environmental issues. It's just, for me, too far left. I say I didn't leave the Democrats. I say they left me. And um, it's very discouraging for a person who grew up. I'm a union member. Everyone in my family is a union member. We're proud union members. My private health care through my my employer uh, paid for the births of two of my children. I paid zero. I had two breast cancer operations. I paid zero. My grandson was in NICU for four weeks. My daughter paid zero. So I think there are ways through private insurance that can accommodate the needs of the country. And I think the progressive lane, frankly, has frightened me. And I will not be voting Democrat again. All right. Now, I wow. think there's a lot more of that, and I'm going to prove that to you in just a second. But uh, I don't think America's ready for what the Democrats are running on right no, now. I don't think so. Jesus. So it sounds, like way off. sounds like she's kind of a, a moderate Democrat herself, sort of a sort of a what we would call a blue she has dog com- Democrat. She well, has common sense. Well, I don't even know if I would put put her that good, but it sounds like she's still in favor of kind of moderate socialism, but she's still a kind of a union person. She wants the government to control a lot of things, but this is just too much. It sounds well, like that's to me what that, we want them to do. We want them to go so far left, they, they well, and, burn and, and destroy and it. And they themselves. leave their people behind. And, yes. that, that's, that's, and that's, we want them to do it fast. And this well, cycle, going pretty fast. This cycle, they seem like they're going pretty fast and pretty pretty hard, and that that is better. I agree. They're overplaying themselves. I, I think they Big probably time. are, um, but it's it's we don't need to underestimate the stupidity of the American people when it comes to voting for crazy people. I mean, they vote. We did actually elect uh, Obama twice for crying out loud. Yeah, and, but he was a pretty good con artist, and he could get up and say a whole lot without saying anything that really <laughs> meant anything. He can make people feel good. These guys they've got right now just come out and promising everybody everything they want to hear. Obama could make a lot of promises without being committed to anything. I, I, and these people aren't that smooth, and they right. are not that smart. I think I think you're right. Well, and and it's, it's interesting because they, I think they're closer to being the more, if you can call it, principled socialists and um so we're getting to hear some of their real ideas to some extent and it's kind of neat it's not yeah, to some extent we're really hearing their ideas yeah, as in stalin and marxist yeah. i mean seriously i mean the lady i thought was interesting the way uh i think she did they say kathleen was that yes, what yeah, that was her name yeah. yes uh when she said that the progressive lane you know, I, I like yeah. to say it's it, it's it's the progressive autobahn. Yeah, the left because lane they is are at it. maximum warp speed right now. Because she named off three areas. She said budget, number one, number two, social issues, and number three, environmental issues. And I don't think she put it this way, but it was it was del- if I was going to uh, say it in my own words. She said that they were overreaching in all of those areas. We have some, you know, we'd like to talk about our Republicans that are so staunch about the Second Amendment, you know, but when it becomes time for a bill to give college in, uh, professors the right to carry arms to protect themselves and the students so far, so our staunch Second Amendment you know, senators and representatives become uh, not so staunch. Being right. Paul, and, and, we, we saw that happen before our very eyes. Right. So then, but real quick, in, in that uh, same thing, 
if you look like on environmental environmental issues, if you look, uh, our Republicans are playing to the left on some environmental issues also, uh, buying businesses out and putting and taking people's businesses license away from them before they've even been convicted of doing anything wrong. So uh, I, I think when the Democrats are going so far to the left. I think you're watching the Republicans come more to the center to the left also to try to pick up more of the people that are leaving the the Democratic Party. I mean, we, we had this last legislative That's my session, we had, we had one senator that brought up a bill that was going to um, allow people to cut hair without a, without a license. It never got anywhere. How is it that we have Republicans that claim they want to shrink government and they can't even pass a bill to allow people to cut hair? You know how many business owners that make mad, Paul? It did make a few business owners mad. It makes some business owners mad. Because because these these business owners are a bunch of selfish, egotistical, envious brats. They need to grow up and face the fact that government is not here to protect you from competition. If you can't compete, you should go out of business. You bring me back to my tire bill again to where you have to have a licensed truck, a licensed computer website, and and all this stuff to have a a, a used tire shop, and you have to have a registration number and all that stuff. Well, I'm talking to one of my representatives and says, hey, I thought you were for less government, less restrictions, more freedom and free trade. And he said, well, we talked to a lot of big tire shops, and they're all for this bill. Yeah, they're all for this yeah, bill. Yeah, they're for putting all the little guys out right, of business. So, so you've got these little guys. Sometimes, sometimes we got some some small business owners that are not real sophisticated. You know, having they maybe have never owned a computer. They just work out of their out of their garage or whatever it may be, and so they're just they're just making a few bucks on the side and trying to make a living, or maybe they're making their whole living making a hundred bucks a day. Yeah. Selling, buying, and selling used tires. Maybe they go Let's around the tire sh- Maybe they go around to the tire shops and actually dig through their their old trash tire bin, and they find a couple, two, three tires here and there. Listen, yeah, that, so. that they'll let them have, and they'll they'll find somebody else who wants them, and they'll they'll put them on by hand. They'll have their little little manual tire yeah, but, wheel balancer. Right. And but, so but what we're talking about is yeah, they're putting these they're guys growing government, making more restrictions, making more fees, more taxes. More state employees and uh, and right. saying and, they're for freedom I, and, and small and, business. And, I, and so whenever I see these guys going way left to the left, I'm looking over and it, it just the, looks to me on a Second Amendment, on on, on free trade. Watch for the Republicans and, catching and, up with them. That's exactly and, and so right. It, it, is, it is frustrating. I see I, – I think what we have is we've got kind of the uppity folks looking down at the little folks and say right, that's – we shouldn't – we shouldn't be putting up with this. These- Boy, let me let me let me give you a better example of this, and that is something that is hitting everybody every couple of days now. Your gasoline prices went oh up three goodness. cents a gallon. Actually, more than that. Yeah, because but the I'm wholesale. Saying, yeah, 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 at least at least three cents a gallon, and uh, all that money's going to the state government. They say they need it to be able to to build highways. Of course. They won't sit down, or a majority won't sit down. There is a, a sizable minority that would be willing to sit down and say, maybe we're spending money in the wrong areas, and we <laughs> could use that money to take care of the roads. But uh, that's not the way it's being taken care of. Now, coming November of next year, you'll be asked to put a half a cent sales tax more uh, into effect 
uh, in perpetuity. I hope you'll vote against that. We'll get when that when they give it a number, I'll I'll be out talking about it even more so. But the bottom line is, uh, they always say they need more and more money. You know the problem is, all of us we don't make more and more. People money. are struggling right now. People are really struggling Everybody right now. Everybody struggles, as I, far as I know. Uh, I talk to people that are trying to get back and forth to work and trying me help them to keep their used car running, keep their car running to get them back and forth to work. And people are struggling right now. And, and I'm sorry to say it, but, uh, we've got the Democrats in charge in Arkansas and we've got, uh, we've got, uh, Donald Trump in the white house, but I hate to say it, but I, I can't see where people are that work every day and go back and forth to work are any better off now than, than they were four four years ago. I'm a little bit better off here's what if you got I'm investments at. that's yeah. exactly right if you've my got 401k investments. and things of that nature as i'm planning for whatever when my retirement when that might happen if mm-hmm. that happens uh that is doing better i'm making up on a lot of money that i lost in but, 08 but lower our overhead lower our lower <laughs> our taxes and that's why i mean reduce the cost of living a little bit the the people in power are trying to spend our way to prosperity. And you show me where you can prove me wrong when I say that the people in charge are trying to spend our way to and prosperity. And you can't do that. Right. And, and the other thing is, so, so this but has are to, they not doing it? Well, they're trying. Right. So, There's uh, a lot of people that are trying. The they're other, doing it in Washington as well. So the other thing Sorry. about when the government raises taxes, it also gives them more opportunity to get in your life. And so it, it, might, not, it might be not, not just be that half-cent sales tax, but what 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 about the the hundreds of dollars of extra regulations that you're going to have to pay for, or just the hassle, or the fact that you have to give up your rights, the indignities uh, involved in the extra government that rules you? It's more. more A lot state of people don't see an indignity of being beholden to the government anymore, right. and and so and that's and that's frustrating. I, I wish they did. Why aren't people frustrated when the government comes along and and treats them like a criminal? Because they believe what they've been taught which is that the government is there to help you. Yeah. It's the answer to all our problems. The, yeah. Your but, government is there to keep a foreign power from taking over. All right. Basically, that's what I see the government is there for, other than keeping states from raping and pillaging each other. But yeah. There will it's, always it's, be poor people. You know, Paul, sure. Paul knows we have the Bible guys on here. Uh Jesus said the poor will always be with you. Sure. There's always going to be poor people. There will be. They're always going to be it's always going to be our personal individual obligations to help the people that are in need and that the government is never going to solve all the world's problems and and have some utopia that don't exist. But they keep saying if you give us more money and we get more right. government, we will spend ourselves into prosperity right. where everybody will yeah, have well, a job. Well, at the same and, time, and, the, they, and, and there won't be no poor people right, anymore. Right, well, at the same time, making it illegal for poor people to make a living. Right. Yeah, I mean, so, you, for crying out loud, and I'll go back to this example of cutting hair. You'll say you like poor people, but you can't tell them, you know, if you cut hair without a license, we're going to lock you in jail. We're going to find you. In or, fact, they wouldn't even let you braid hair, except that we did pass a law saying that you could braid something hair. Something like that. And I can't even remember. What, there's still some hoops to jump through for that, I think, even maybe. But but for crying out loud, do we actually care about poor people, or do we just want them to have a government check? I mean, you no, know, caring about poor people 
let them actually be free to make a living and stop just offering them a free handout well, and turning them into monsters. Well, the, the thing about it is I do not – I believe God wired people to want to have the free will – to get up every day and to work whatever job they want to work and to be as prosperous as they want to be. That's the thing about the American dream. You can work as hard as you want to and be successful as you want to. You can have more responsibility in life and less more headaches, or you can have less responsibility in life and have less headaches. But uh, so whenever they tell people, you deserve health insurance where you're at. You shouldn't have to get an education. You shouldn't have to work 60 or 70 hours a week. You shouldn't have to go uh, mortgage your house to buy a business and, and have employees. You shouldn't have to do any of that stuff. Just stay where you're at, we'll and we'll, we'll tax everybody else and then take the money away from them and give you what you deserve. Right, right. and that's and that's absurd and perverse. All right, let me go back uh, to the lady that we heard from California who said that the Democratic Party left her. She didn't leave them. They left her on so, some social issues, on environmental issues, on budgetary issues, on health care issues, things of that nature. Democratic uh, Congresswoman Slotkin, that's Alicia Slotkin in Michigan. Michigan is not the hard blue state that it used to be. Uh, She was in front of a town hall uh, this weekend talking about why uh, she supports impeachment of the president. Listen to the crowd. Here we go. Myself and six other members of the freshman class in Congress, all former military or former CIA, wrote a joint op-ed and came out in support of an impeachment inquiry. And I wanted you to know from me, I wanted you to know from me, when you fell off the cliff for me, was when you joined the coup against our president. What's the rush with the impeachments? Impeachment's a serious thing. This would be only the fourth president in the history to be impeached and to turn impeachment on something like this is really stretching there you go. You're hearing it. I Boy, mean, now let me good. let me let me point out that she's the first Democrat to win that district since 2011, I believe. She won it with 50.6 percent of the vote. Hmm. Those are the Democrats that are in dire straits to what the Democrats going after this impeachment of Trump. She needs to call uh, president, uh, former President Bill Clinton and see if she can bring him on as an advisor. <laughs> now, she bring Bill Clinton on. If Hillary Clinton would listen to Bill, she'd be president right now. So I'm really glad, you know, I was talking about you've got to be able to tell people what they want to hear without obligating yourself to do a bunch of crazy stuff. So Bill Clinton was a professional at that. Barack Obama was a professional at but. Th- just her getting up there and saying that to a group of moderate Democrats, um, that's, that just shows how irresponsible and how, how so, much so, they've drank the Kool-Aid. So, so how, where are we actually at on this so-called impeachment? It's still an impeachment inquiry. So it's this, an inquiry. So this is sort of a um, – it's sort of like this um, skim milk. No, it's, 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 it's like a, uh, preseason. Preseason. A preseason. Okay. Yeah, preseason means nothing until you have to chalk up W's and L's, okay? 
So what they're doing, they're starting it, and they're going to run polls to see if it helps them. Or That's it exactly them. it. Oh. And, hey, they'll do just like both sides. Both and then sides. The, and then when they determine that it's, that it's going to be a suicide mission, they'll say, well, we didn't find enough evidence. Well, that's right. Is, so, is that maybe what's going to so, happen? So you test it, then you do like Bill Clinton. You lick your finger and hold it up in the air, see so which way the wind's blowing, whichever way the wind blowing, you follow it. Mm. All right. got to get a break in 24 minutes after 3. Is this going to take us to the news? No? We'll be shy? How long is uh, cut number 6? Okay, we can get that in before the bottom of the hour, and then I can let R.D. just rant and rave. When we come back. All right. So Dave Ellswick show. We'll have uh, some things from Senator Harris when we return on the Dave Ellswick show. All right. Back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick show. Okay. I told you I had something from Senator Harris. She's at the position now, I think, <laughs> running for uh, president for the nomination, Democratic nomination, that she will say anything <laughs> to try to get some kind of traction. Just for you, I had this one pulled, R.D., because I know you're going to love this. Check out cut number six. Senator, uh, before we go, I just want to get your take on this new agenda that you've released today, the children's justice yes. agenda. You want to eliminate yes. child poverty by 50 percent through an executive order. You also have a paid parental leave plan uh, where right. you're going to give both parents, mothers, fathers, partners, six months paid leave. Um, That's and right. you're going to fund that in part by employer and employee payroll tax, also a tax on the 1 percent and fines for corporations who don't comply. You don't uh, put right. a, a price on this plan. Um, um, and you don't say how much um, how much you'll raise through those those taxes. Uh, can you give it's us the numbers? Be, yeah, I can. But let me. I, it's about approximately six hundred billion dollars. Which, when you do the math, it, it is a great return on the investment. Because, frankly, Katie, part a large part of my campaign and my my perspective is that in twenty twenty, justice is on the ballot, and it is everything from having a cook in the White House to justice being on the ballot when the average American family is a $400 unexpected expense away from complete upheaval. Justice is on the ballot when working families in America know that their natural desire to parent their children may be a function of how much money they make every month, and that should never be the case. So my plan, my children's plan, is about saying, look, this is a matter of justice. It's a matter of recognizing that on the issue of raising the children of America, it should not be that the people who make a lot of money get the support and those who are working hard every day are having to, to go back to, to work after two weeks after childbirth that's I crazy. Think there's a lot of you gotta go back to work after just two weeks of child i went back to work after two weeks after i had a five-way bypass mm-hmm. give me a break i had to i had to make money to pay the bills i get tired of these people i that's... get tired i want you to hold all right, because I know what you think. All right, I want you to hold. R.D. I have what he says about giving workers six months of paid family and medical leave because they, they have a child. That's the most insane. But the biggest stupid thing said here is I'll reduce poverty by over 50% just by signing executive an executive order. order. Just by signing a piece of paper. Push. Half of the people in poverty go away. (laughs) All right. Jan Morgan has made it. She has been wrestling in the mud with Facebook. 
<laughs> she is. She <laughs> has. Facebook she refuses. Oh, she man. refuses to give in to these idiots. Yeah. So what I'm going to do before we get into this discussion, yeah. though, Dave, I wanted to share your program live on my page because people in Facebook, I told them just before I was coming in that we were about to go live uh, from your show, and I want people to be able to get in on this conversation. Oh, they want to hear some good stuff, Kamala they Harris. Wanna, I got. Yeah. Go great, ahead. Let's let's do the Kamala Harris thing, and then okay. we'll go to the Facebook. Senator thing. Harris, who is not finding any traction in the race for the Democratic nod of president, had this to say about what she wants to do for families and children. Here we go. Senator, uh, before we go, I just want to get your take on this new agenda that you've released today, the Children's Justice yes. Agenda. You want to eliminate yes. child poverty by 50 percent through an executive order. You also have a paid parental leave plan uh, where right. you're going to give both parents, mothers, fathers, partners, six months paid leave. Um, That's and right. you're going to fund that in part by employer and employee payroll tax, also a tax on the 1 percent and fines for corporations who don't comply. You don't uh, put right. a, a price on this plan. Um, um, and you don't say how much um, how much you'll raise through those those taxes. Uh, can you give it's us the numbers? Be, yeah, I can. But let me. I, it's about approximately six hundred billion dollars. Which, when you do the math, it, it is a great return on the investment. Because, frankly, Katie, part a large part of my campaign and my my perspective is that in twenty twenty, justice is on the ballot, and it is everything from having a cook in the White House to justice being on the ballot when the average American family is a $400 unexpected expense away from complete upheaval. Justice is on the ballot when working families in America know that their natural desire to parent their children may be a function of how much money they make every month, and that should never be the case. So my plan, my children's plan, is about saying, look, this is a matter of justice. It's a matter of recognizing that on the issue of raising the children of America, it should not be that the people who make a lot of money get the support and those who are working hard every day are having to, to go back to, to work after two weeks after childbirth oh that's my god that's, a, that's incredible you have to go back to work after two weeks after <laughs> childbirth oh my god what's wrong with us you need at least six months yeah or forever however however long you think you need to raise your child you don't have to go back to work in the, and the company should pay you the only way you know what you need to <laughs> this is called family planning you decide if you can afford to raise children maybe they don't know what causes children yeah, yeah get a job get a job <laughs> just first. But, you know, is anybody but, really you know, paying attention to Kamala anymore? Though? Is she really. even in the running? But, She's but, not even in the wait, running. Wait, wait, wait. i got to play something for you. I played earlier, this okay. last, last hour. But first, let me just referring to Harris again, because I, I want to hear from R.D. Because she's saying she wants to tax the businesses and the workers for this whole paid uh, thing dealing with family and medical leave. Well, that's going to put everybody out of business. Yeah, well, All small business owners. Right. Well, we're both small business owners. I know. It's only $600 billion. <laughs> That's all it is. Right. Just to drop As if we aren't taxed enough already right. and, and, and regulated and to death. I mean, we are already oh, re- regulating businesses out of well, business. If she thinks country. it's going to be $600 billion a year, then guess what? It's probably going to be closer to what? Three, Two trillion. trillion. Yeah. Here, here's my thing about it, though, that just this is how politicians <laughs> think of themselves. Elect me, and with a wave of my hand... By executive, By executive order. order, we're going to get rid of fifty percent of poverty. Like what is she that? smoking? Robin Hood. You know how she'll do it? She'll lower the poverty limit 
from $20,000 or $24,000 for a family of four to $12,000 well, for a family work. of four. I, I'd be in we'll favor. get rid of 50% no. of the but you know what? The Demo- <laughs> but here's the thing about the Democrat Party. And I'm not, talk- I'm not talking about all Democrats. There are very few, very few moderates, you know, even conservative Democrats still left. But most of them say this the crap. They say this crap, Dave, because their people buy into it. Their followers don't say, how are you going to pay for this? Because their supporters don't care how you're going to pay for it because they think the government just prints off money like it's, you know, just printing but, off but, a, a certificate. The sad thing is the government does. Yes, it is. But then they don't understand that, that somebody has to it's pay like, for that. It's kind of like Black Flag. You remember Black Flag, the punk group? I don't guess so. You know, give me, give me, give me. Give me some more. Give me some more. <laughs> give me, give me, give me. How did you know that and I don't didn't know that? What, That's before your time. Is, no, the thing is, I didn't remember the song. I heard it on a radio station as <laughs> me. Part, I think it was probably Dave. You know, as, I don't um, recognize It's probably, I would recognize it, it but it's the way you're singing it. <laughs> it I don't was, no, really, that's the way it's sang. It was the that bumper. That's the day scream it louder. Was, it was bumper music, I think. Yes, it was. Something. Yeah, that's where I heard it. You used to use it all the time when the... The elected uh, officials wanted more taxes. Yeah, that's that's that got to be where I was. I, I, no, I played sure. that over and over and over again. I don't think I've ever heard it on the radio or any other way, but I think I've heard it as a bumper music. Black here flag, the, man, I love black flag. Got a lot. Of well, if it sounds like what punk. I just heard you do, I hope I never hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I just heard enough. But see, Jan, you just. You're a biker chick. You're not a punker chick. I'm not a punker chick. But it's, but it's, but it's, I'm so, not. it's so appropriate for the for the politicians, though. All right, it could so, be the theme song to prove what Jan just said. Uh-huh. About all Democrats. Uh-huh. This is from C-SPAN yesterday. Caller from California. Listen to what this California... And by the way, if you want to call in at 501-823-0965 and you're in California because you're watching on Facebook, right? please do. Tell me if this is the way you, you feel. There, Kathleen has been waiting out in California on our line for independence. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was a lifelong Democrat. I was registered Democrat for over 30 years. And in the last few years, the widening of this left lane, as has been described, is exactly why I'm now an independent. I think not just that the economics continue to be unchallenged in the policies um, presented by um, the presidential candidates, but also social issues, um, environmental issues. It's just, for me, too far left. I say I didn't leave the Democrats. I say they left me. And um, it's very discouraging for a person who grew up. I'm a union member. Everyone in my family is a union member. We're proud union members. My private health care through my my employer uh, paid for the births of two of my children. I paid zero. I had two breast cancer operations. I paid zero. My grandson was in NICU for four weeks. My daughter paid zero. So I think there are ways through private insurance that can accommodate the needs of the country. And I think the progressive lane, frankly, has frightened me. And I will not be voting Democrat again. All right. That's a Democrat. Hashtag walk away. Isn't that what their hashtag is? Walk Walk away. away. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like she's got... But here's the key. Stay in California. Don't come to my right. state because you'll that, still want. Right. I think she's some she, that crazy she, she, stuff that the left. Like yeah, don't California my Texas. That's right. I don't think California my Arkansas she's, either. She's, um, sounds like she's she's liking the programs that that government has forced her employer to to provide, but she doesn't actually want the real hardcore socialism. Sounds like she she likes the soft. But the government socialism. didn't force GMC 
to give uh, you know Cadillac no, health care. They paid for that. They, they, they did. But I think on some level, though, some of the – especially up north, some of the union situations, the way the state actually forced people to join unions and the unions had so much lobbying power. Well, you're I talking about uh, having to be part of the right. union and, to work, close right. shops. Most states in the Midwest now are not that way because – all the businesses were going south. <laughs> I mean, look at look at was it Detroit has fallen apart. Yeah. Well, yeah. All you have to do is look at the the cities and the states in this country that are struggling the most are those that are have Democrats in control of their government. And look at your crime. Well, the thing is, the the Democrat leftist ideology is running. I think the vast majority of cities right now, small and large, but mm-hmm. especially the large cities. I think, and, and and so we see the 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 moronic policies they have. And it's it, it's frustrating. They're just cesspools of human rights violations, and and, and they don't even think of it as, as bad. They think it's perfectly well, acceptable to take people's rights away. Artie's ready. He's been loaded. Well, I tell you what, if Harris gets elected president, that ain't going to happen. But that's I mean, all right. If anybody even near Harris gets elected president, all businesses will go south. Six yep. months paid. Vacations, and then she was talking about fees if they don't comply. She said fees if they don't comply. And what does, to a, what, what does fee mean to a political person? It means person? taxes. Thank it means you. taxes. <laughs> fees are taxes. You can call it a tire well, fee. You can call well, it a, uh, and fees, a hug fee. How do you spell fees? T A X E S. That's exactly right. A lot of times, fees are even worse than taxes because they come with strings attached. I mean, it's like a lot of times, like a permit. No, not only do you have to pay the fee for the permit, you have to give up some rights and, and go th- jump through hoops and whatnot else. We're predicting. I really think in the next five years is going to be some of the worst five years for family-owned businesses to come. Looking at things the way they are right now and taxes and fees and the cost of doing business and with insurance going up. And uh, I think the next three to five years is going to be a real tough business climate for for family business it's so much harder for government to control you and watch over you when there's so many little businesses for them to to, um to 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 watch so it's so much easier when government can just um can just watch a few large businesses instead of these small businesses that are that are spotty you can have everybody on board you know if everybody would just work together and work all these problems out then you wouldn't have these small business trouble makers out there that that you know run for office and mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know like and me and you the three of us here get on radio line. shows and, mm-hmm. and try to let people know what's the truth of what's going on is but uh uh mm-hmm. yeah you like you said uh, if you, if you just have a few small businesses, then everybody can be around the table, mm-hmm. and uh, you know all the big businesses are around the table, and the small businesses right now are on the plate. Right, and I think you're right in many cases because the small businesses they're they're there making a living, and a lot of a lot of us don't have time to go out and engage the legislature in lobbying, and then the, so the big businesses are easier for the government to watch, and it's also easier for the big businesses to lobby the government. And make donations and make campaign donations. funds. All right, got to get a break in. It's 14 minutes till 4. Power panel's here. Of course, that means R.D. Hopper is here, as well as Paul Calvert. Yes, sir. And Jan Morgan now has joined us as well. Wherever you're watching the show on Facebook Live, we welcome you here to the Dave Ellswick Show And we'll talk to Nancy from Jonesboro when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, we're back, and there's an event coming up in Jonesboro 
on Saturday that I want uh, Jan to talk about because she's going to be the featured speaker there. And Nancy from Jonesboro, who evidently is one of the big organizers, has joined us as well. So we'll let uh, you talk to her, Jan, and bring us up to date on what's going on. Okay, so we are joined by Nancy Dobbs Best, and Nancy is one of the organizers of the Women's March slash rally for President Trump. And it's not just women marching, it's women and men, but uh, the women, uh, Women's for Trump people organized it. So, Nancy, tell people who are listening out there, give us the details about where, when, uh, what time, and then we also want to hear from you why you felt that this was an important thing to do at this stage in the game. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, Hi, Nancy. on the radio, so Mm -hmm. I might sound a little bit southern down here in Jonesboro, but uh, uh, I want to say hi to to everybody, and thank you for giving me a little bit of time on the radio, Dave. Always. Um, We're... We decided to have Vicki Strickland and I got to talking last week. We've organized this pretty quick. So don't think you can't think, get things done in a hurry if you work hard enough with boots on the ground. <laughs> and we felt like because we couldn't, all of us working stiffs, couldn't make it to Washington, D.C. to participate in that Women's March for Trump on the 17th that we would honor our president here in Jonesboro and ha- host our own march. And, of course, it's like Jan said, we want to have it for everybody. Uh, The name of it was the Northeast Arkansas Women's March for Trump. But it is welcome to everybody, especially uh, uh, anybody that wants to walk, all races, all colors, anybody in support of our president. And uh, motorcycle riders, we're hoping that we have several motorcycle riders that come. And uh, we're going to organize this Saturday morning uh, on October the 12th. And... We're going to meet up to line up the parade starting at about 8 a.m. because we're really not sure. This seems to be growing kind of like grassroots. So we're not sure how many people that we're going to have, but it, but it's growing. And we've also and, talked to uh, Bikers for Trump. I think some of the folks from Bikers for Trump are going to be there, which is really cool. Exactly. Bikers for Trump, I hope, are going to be there. And then I've heard several other bikers that are coming in to ride. And, uh, and National Committee. Mine. Yes, and I'm hoping I'm, I'm going to be riding my motorcycle, depending on the weather. I hope uh, you are too, Jan. Yes, and National Committee woman, uh, Republican Committee woman, Jonelle Talley Fulmer, is going to be speaking. Uh, right. So, yeah. So it's going to be. And, yes, and we're going to have. We're going to have Dan Sullivan as our host. State Representative, soon to be State Senator, Dan Sullivan. Absolutely. Go Dan. Absolutely. Yes. And. Uh, the, the address where we're going to line up is 201 East Oak Street here in Jonesboro. And that's just, if, if anybody's familiar with Jonesboro, that's right by the Cardiology Associates building, just a block off Main. And we will hold our march first down Main Street and then back up Union. And then we'll start, stop at the courthouse and we'll have a place set up to hold our rally. We, we're figuring that the march shouldn't take but about 45 minutes. And we'll leave out promptly at 930 to begin marching. And then hopefully, uh, with, with, you know, that we'll start um, our uh, speeches and our rally for Trump at about, promptly about 1030, maybe a little bit before. Okay. Well, it's going to be a great day. I'm hoping uh, I'm, I'm going to bring my Trump flag and my Trump memorabilia and planning to have a good time and get people all revved up and excited about uh, the election that's coming around the corner. And, you know, Nancy, um these things are happening around America. There are marches for Trump going on. In fact, I saw the National Women's uh, Organization for Trump is doing one in D.C. this month as well. So uh, we're in good company, and I, I hope the president right, feels the love. 
That's exactly right. And we want to know, we want to let people know that we uh, support our president and that he has he has made promises and he's kept those promises. Yes, in you spite know, of being under a constant barrage of bullets. So, Nancy, tell the people, Absolutely. tell the people about the, the little, uh, I don't know what you call it, we've had with Facebook. Uh, that's why I was late getting on the show today, oh. because of, I, I was working with Facebook corporate for hours trying to get this resolved. Tell people what happened when you started putting these flyers on Facebook, on social media, simply just promoting the rally. We put it on, on, we started an event page, and our event page was very simple at the top. It had a banner at the top that said, Northeast Arkansas Women's March for Trump. Well, evidently, they thought that that was not up to their community standards, so Facebook took it upon themselves to take the whole banner down at the top of our event page. They left the event page up with no banner so that people wouldn't see what it was about. Hmm. And so uh, uh, thanks to uh, Jan, I think we've got that restored correctly back on our Facebook. But, I mean, I see nothing against any of the community standards against uh, a women's march for Trump. That is in... Uh, respect for our president, you know, and the good things that he is doing and will continue to do for this country when he's reelected in 2020. Or may just be that some we've got we got people that are that are reporting it as a as a violation, and then they just kind of maybe by default to take it down. And and yes, well, they, are, are these people going to be kicked off Facebook for for putting out false? Um, here, here is what I got from Facebook corporate. Okay, know. because I have here. Here's the deal. I have a direct line of contact to Facebook corporate because because several years ago Facebook employee deleted my page and I had a page with over 200,000 followers they deleted my page they deleted the page of chicks on the right and several other uh, high profile conservative pages on social media completely Mm -hmm. deleted our pages well Fox News did a story on it and suddenly they all you know they, they restored the pages and since then they gave those of us who were you know, discriminated against they gave us a direct line to Facebook corporate so when this happens the first thing I did was turn around and email them my my contact, and I said, okay, and I sent them screenshots of the Trump banner from this event that said it violated their community standards. And I said, I would like to know specifically what in this meme violates your community standards. All it was is we're having a March for Trump rally. Here's the location, yeah, the time. It and, yeah, yes. it's, it's pretty vanilla for you, Jan. So here's what they said. Here's was their, <laughs> here, here, here was their response. Jan, thank you for bringing this to our attention. The content has been restored. We apologize for the inconvenience this has caused, which was basically 24 hours of, of publicity. Uh, please let us know if our team can be of any assistance in the future. So here's mm-hmm. the thing. Here's my problem. If I If I'm a business owner, and my company, somebody, an employee, makes a mistake. Not only do I say, this was a mistake, we've restored it. I'm going to say, you know what? We're going to find out how this mistake happened, and we're going to put things into place to make sure that this sort of mistake doesn't happen again. Because I can tell you, I have to email them at least a couple of times a month or more well, on these issues. For them to get that taken care of, you got to understand, first of all, that it's not a person that's an it's an algorithm that's uh, probably well, they need that, to that, adjust that, that, that says anything that says President Trump, delete. <laughs> yeah, right. That's, <clears throat> I bet all the, I bet all the Antifa I'm pages not, are up. I'm not, I'm, oh. not, I'm not pushing it, man. I'm just saying I bet you it's basically that way. You know, but that, there, and, and that's their prerogative. They're a business, okay? And, and I, 
So what we need is a conservative version of this. And, and I know different people have tried it, and it just didn't work because not enough people would move over. So, uh, you know, hassle. it is what it is. It is what it is. So we just have to deal with it. But um, it is frustrating. But I'm excited about this event Saturday. And are you going to come? I cannot make it. You can't make it. I cannot make it. My wife has a broken ankle, remember? Oh, yeah. You're kind of, you got to take care of her. Yeah, I'm taking care okay, of her. Okay. So, and then after that event is a Chris Ann Hall event uh, where uh, State Representative Sullivan is moving over to that event mm-hmm. as well because he's helped kind of organize that. But uh, so, so it's going to be a Liberty Day in Jonesboro. Yeah. Now you can go from one event to the next. We're going to be sure that we're through and wrapped up before that other event starts. So, um, anyway. Nancy, real quick, it's going to be at what time? Where do people meet it? Okay, the people are going to meet at 201 East Oak Avenue in Jonesboro by Cardiologist Associates. The lineup will begin at 8, but we won't leave out with the parade until 930 promptly. Okay, and and I want to make it a point that even though it says Women's March for Trump, uh, uh, this is open for everybody to march that supports our president. And we hope that they come. And if you're not able to, you know, to, to... to uh, actually march in the march, please come to the rally because we're going to have a great time and some good speakers down there too. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Nancy. Thank you very much, and congratulations hey, so for putting this together. Me. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, talk All right, to right, you later. Bye bye now. All right, Nancy, talking about the big parade. It's coming up in Jonesboro this Saturday. Because we'll we love you. our president. Yep, we'll remind. She was standing behind me. I better love him. Hit me in the back of the head. We'll take a break. We got more coming your way. Jan, did you hear us talking about uh, Samuel Little in the last hour? The no, I was probably killer. driving and talking on the phone to okay. somebody from Facebook. This, <laughs> this, guy, <laughs> this guy is uh, the number one serial killer of all time. They have confirmed oh, I read that. 50 killings. Oh, I thought there were 90-something. Yeah. Well, they got 90-some uh, he's, he's confessed to, but they have confirmed, confirmed 50 of them. One of them was from Arkansas, North wasn't Little she? Rock. Yeah, and he's, they, they, the FBI is calling him one of the most prolific serial killers yeah. of our time. Well, yeah, it's, it's if we don't count abortion or, or abortion. Well, yeah, no, any, true. Anyway, right. but yeah. seriously, right. this guy, uh, evidently her name was Ruth. Killed her back in 1994, I think it was. Wow. How old a guy well, is Well, I've this? got an idea for him. He's instead, pretty old. Is he? Instead of coming out saying, no, he's oh, not. This he's is about your age. Instead of coming <laughs> out saying, this is the greatest serial killer of all time, and, and and this is the most prolific and all that stuff, i got an idea. Why don't you pull his plug and throw him in a ditch somewhere and cover him with dirt like you did the women and just go on and look exactly. for the next one? Exactly. Well, well, why do my tax dollars have to yeah. pay for his medical bills and well, pay for his housing if, and if, feed if, him if for you, the next however many years? If you've got years. solid evidence, he's confessed to it. You know, to 50 of them? 
I think that's enough to pull yeah, a plug I, I, right there. I think mm-hmm. so. I mean, I tend. I mean, <laughs> not if he's being held in California. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well, they got to keep him California. alive forever. Well, uh, oh yeah, he needs to make a movie, well, and Hollywood needs to make some money off. Of and now he'll write a book. I think you need to make it a public, yeah. make it a public event, make the execution public, and maybe uh, I don't know how you how do you want to do it, but but make it public and and don't make a secret about it. Don't I don't think you should should make it something flippant, but it, it needs to happen. I think you can make it pretty flippant. (laughs) I think you should allow family members of the victim to to pull the switch. Good works for me. Or do the injection, whatever. However, you have a public stoning, whatever it is. But if you have problems, I mean, I I always make this statement: if some government here in the United States, state government, can't find a person to push the button for the lethal drugs. Give me a call. I'll do it for free. You'll do it for free. <laughs> All right. I'll push You'll the button. You'll pay for your own flight Absolutely. There. <laughs> I'll fly myself. I'll well, push the well, button. They do not need to be making these people famous. They don't need to be making these no. people uh, saying their names on all the news and everybody. There's a bunch of fruitcakes out there that would like to be famous. They would like to be on the news. They'd like to write a book and get whatever crazy theory they've got in their minds out there just... Well, deal it, with it and move on and look for the next right one. and and if you don't if you don't make it so it's a dramatic and and um and 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 and, and cool way to go check out if if you make it gross and ugly and, and this is what it is this and is scary let yeah. me tell you what mm-hmm. it don't matter how they kill you it don't look pretty buddy no i've been i've sat and watched electrocutions mm-hmm. and i've watched well, lethal and I, injections and neither one of them. No, death, death well, I think that fun. you should have to die the same way you you murder oh, your I victims. Would, I go yeah. along. Yeah, with yeah. And, and the thing is that, that, but I think it needs to be public. It doesn't need to be in a back room somewhere where there's only half a dozen or twenty people watching. I think it needs to be. You public. do realize this conversation is going to put every single one of us on the red flag law oh. list. Of. That's all right. Probably won't let us sit I'm on already it. On we it. won't the be able to left, sit on any these jury. These people are crazy. Right. You know. They're ruthless. You can sit on a jury. Put me on the list. True, you can do that. Won't let you do that. But as far as that's concerned, yeah. Jimmy Black on our Facebook follower right now is is saying that it ought to be illegal to profit via book deal or movie because of their criminality. I think that that's no the case here in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Most states have laws for that. I know that in mm-hmm. Illinois. Uh, when, uh, oh, what's his name? The clown. Um, I can't think of his name mm. right now. But, uh, you know, he did all those paintings and stuff, mm. and he was sh- selling them for money. And they yeah. passed a law that said he couldn't get the money for doing that. Interesting. They yeah, but, but, but there are states that even on death row, because I remember the story about the death row inmate who got a uh, transplant, some organ transplant, uh, at our expense, knowing he's on death row, right. when there were other you know innocent law-abiding yeah, citizens on the waiting list, moment. yeah, <laughs> and 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 they've done uh, what is it at least one transgender operation for that's, someone that's on an, that's uh-huh. insane. Yeah, I, my tax dollars paid Look, for that. As a man died as a woman. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I got a lot. Yeah, but see, there that. are people that join the military for that too. Yes, so they that they do. can get their sex change operations paid for by the government. That is we correct. Should, that is that is cosmetic surgery. I don't care what you say. You know, there are people saying, no, "Well, this is necessary. This is illness. life or death." Med- it is no, not it's cosmetic, cosmetic surgery. surgery. When you're mutilation. cosmetically changing your genitals from is, one sex to another, that's cosmetic. And if you start doing that, I can tell you there are a bunch of women in America that are going to join the military so they can get a boob job or you know a rear end lift or a tummy tuck or a face lift or whatever because. You know, I mean, you, that's a very slippery slope to start. It, it's, it's moronic. That's the yes, government's it is. job is to incentivize bad behavior, isn't it? <laughs> speaking you, of, you don't speaking get married, of transgender. Yeah, don't get married. 
have eight kids. That's being her and, today. Uh, and, uh, yes. And then we can, uh, we'll pay for all your kids' school, and we'll pay for all your medical bills, and uh, you don't need a husband. We'll pay all your rent and your cars and stuff like that. And don't get an education because you deserve health insurance oh, and, anyway and, without an education. And by the way, so. you don't have to live in a dump. We're going to actually make it so you can live in a nice house, too. That's, yeah, we'll sign a, we're going to sign an executive order. And, and give you six six months off for maternity yeah, leave. It's, it's Do you know, I, speaking of the Supreme Court, D- Dave mentioned the case is being heard on the Supreme Court. I was so proud of the women standing on the steps of the Supreme Court today, really boldly taking a stand against uh, you know, biological males being able to get dressed in female <laughs> locker rooms and biological males being able to compete in female sports. That's crazy. That's it is insane <laughs> that we're even having this discussion in America today. Look, I don't care what you do in your bedroom. I don't care. I don't care about your sex life. I don't want to know about your sex life. But what I don't want now, is you to you start telling me. sex type. Tape, I might be in. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> this is, oh, I can't. Yeah, Dave. Mm, okay. That's actually, it's a free country. Now we know who the real sicko is. And it's a free perv, country. The perv on the, on the group here. But I just don't want you telling me that if you're biologically male, you should be able to to come into the female locker room and because you're feeling in touch with your feminine side today or that you should be able to compete against females in, in female sports events. I mean, that's. That we should not even be having yeah, so, that discussion. The, so what's, the what's women next? live what, what, people. I'll be going nuts over this. Right. Thing. So, so all these all these men who get locked up for murder and they're in, in prison for life. At what point is it, are they going to start asking for sex changes so they can move to the women's prisons? How far well, are we away from that? Well, it's just a sign that we've not been acted enough and that that we've allowed this to happen. Yeah. You know, we've allowed abortion to happen and we've allowed a lot of things to happen, but having males in the women's locker rooms in school this people you cannot well political correctness is the reason that's happened because too many people in this state and in this country don't want to say anything that might offend someone so I they just sit back state. on the right. truth and so if you're familiar because you're afraid to you're familiar with the story about the emperor having no clothes people these the emperors walking around nude that's All a right. perfect example yeah. good analogy all right william is in Foley, Alabama. William, how are you? Welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show in Little Rock, Arkansas. How are you? Hey, doing great. I need to ask Jan something. Go ahead. Sure. Did you see my pretty picture with a young lady that was in a library? Yeah, a picture of you with a young lady in a library. Yeah. Where was I supposed to see this? Um, I had it on your page uh, not too long ago. Uh, I met Judge Jeanine Pirro. Oh, wow. Lucky you. She is such a patriot. Yes. I mean, she tells it like it is. I yes, can she does. Right now. Yes, she does. But I can tell you what, there's over a million people on my page. I don't get to see half the stuff that shows up on my page, but you have to <laughs> you have to text me with pictures like that. But a picture of you with Judge Jeanine, that, that would have been worth sending by phone. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So hey, how are things going in Alabama? Hey, everything's doing great. Uh, we finally got some rain down here, thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Good, good. So are you in Arkansas now? Are you are you visiting us in Arkansas, or are you actually in Alabama, calling from Alabama? I'm, I'm actually in Alabama. I live 15 miles north of Gulf Shores. Oh, Ooh. that's a tough place to live, but somebody has to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have anything and, to say about our topic of discussion today? Well, I know y'all was talking about the mili- about the military. You know, they they're trying to do this sex change. 
Mm-hmm. I want to say so. I want to say something. What would General Patton say about all this? Good point. Good General point. Patton is. <laughs> he would probably take the sex change people and put them at the front at the point of the spear. Mm. Yeah, that's. You know what? You know him well. My father. That's exactly what he him. would do. Mm. Really? Yeah. Battle of the Bulge. Mm. Wow. So yeah. We, so they, they'd serve as bullet I love catchers. General Patton. That's exactly right. Thanks, Thanks for your for call, calling. William. We appreciate you. Yeah, but I that's. Was, I'm with Jan. It's a it's a free country. Everybody do what you want to do in your own. It is. Life. It's getting more it's freer free for country, everybody. But uh, <laughs> don't be. You know, it doesn't mean that it's your civil right, and anybody that speaks against it does not have their Second Amendment well, right. So everybody what, has their freedom to believe what they want to believe and do what they want to do. So don't be imposing that on everybody. Jan, just so you'll know, mm-hmm. tomorrow on my show, uh, joining me is going to be Stephanie Taub the senior counsel for First Liberty Institute, and we'll be talking specifically about what goes down in the Supreme Court today. He's okay. Oh, no, awesome. we don't want you to miss that so understand What a this, great show. This, this case is about whether or not um, employers or businesses can discriminate against Quote, people. If the court decides to redefine the term sex discrimination in the Civil Rights Act of 1964 to include sexual orientation or gender identity identity discrimination, faith-based nonprofits across the country will wonder whether they can continue to maintain their employee codes of conduct that uphold traditional standards of sexual ethics. Can a religious ministry require employees to share and uphold its religious beliefs on issues of sexual conduct? You know, that's, and that's a we'll very legitimate tomorrow. concern because I was I served on senior staff of a church for seven years. I was on the executive board of the Arkansas State Baptist Convention. And when you work for a church, you know, they the, your employer expects you to adhere to biblical standards yes, as an employee. I mean, you are a representative of that church in, in your life every day. It's extremely reasonable. I mean, it is. If you're, even if you're just a secretary or you're clean or a custodian. Is it so unreasonable for the for the church rules to say that you know what you can't be a fornicator or you can't be a transvestite or mm-hmm. you can't do this that or the other? Look, leave people alone. You know, if we go down this road of letting people decide uh, on issues like this based on how they feel, what they identify as, as opposed to what they biologically are, that is such a dangerous road to go down because there are there are students who identify in 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 the school in little rock that's been under so much fire the school of math and sciences there are a couple of students one identifies as a cat yep yeah we talked about a cat on my show but but my point is it where does it end it doesn't that's the problem and that's and when you when you're coddling this mental insanity i'm sorry how do you give somebody a grade if all they do is when they speak they, well, they meow well maybe you need to take them to the vet and, and they want to use a litter box instead of the restroom well maybe you need to take them to the vet and have them neutered i don't know i mean what's what are the, what's next are you gonna actually a, a, treat this like it's reality or Every, you actually, yeah everybody's not special listen you know, you know it's a free country and you can do what you want to do, but don't employer make can set standards. Right. Employer right. can set standards of conduct, and you know this is a free work state. Right. An employer can expect you to show up, you know, with enough clothes on to cover yourself to where you're modest. Sure, they can tell you to cut your hair and not look sure. like 
don't look like you're homeless. Sure. Sure. So, and, and, uh, they can even tell you, you, know, you have to wear fewer clothes because it goes along with what they do at their business. And you can like choose Twin to, Peaks. And you can choose to quit. Now, Shannon Jordan on social media right now, Shannon Jordan says, if I was to catch a man or whatever (laughs) in the bathroom with one of my children and my family, I would beat him until they figured out what bathroom they need to be in, period. A he, she. That's what I refer to him as. And part of the other thing is, you know, if your child wants to act like a cat and go in the litter litter box, I think you need to fix your kid. You need to educate. Well, and that's the thing is, that, but if your if your parents are so stupid that they think, oh, that's okay, he just wants to be a cat, you know, maybe you need to actually discipline your child and teach them to be a human being. That's a well, here's another thing: you've got you've like got a said. you've got a, a a child protective services organization that is going into homes and taking kids out of homes without legitimate cause in many cases, and yet they're not doing anything in these homes where you've got little kids that are being raised to believe that they're animals. And and you have you have little kids who are dancing in adult nightclubs, you know the, the little nine year old, eleven year old boy. On, but on, what's on his video, name? The, who's who's now dancing in bars and, and adult the, places where he's not even supposed to be at that age, and he's dancing. He he's dancing as a female. He's a transgender, and his parents are are putting him in these nightclubs and having him dance in strip joints. You know, even though he's not stripping all the way down, he's doing all the moves. What? Why isn't Child Protective Services going after somebody like that? Why isn't that child abuse? All right, breaking news from Fox oh. News. Are you guys ready? What's up? If you thought it was hot and heavy in D.C., now, just today, the White House outlined in a defiant eight-page letter to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and top Democrats why it will not participate in their illegitimate and unconstitutional impeachment inquiry charging that the proceedings have run roughshod over congressional norms and the president's due process rights. Trump administration officials called the letter, which was written by White House counsel Pat Cipollone, and obtained by Fox News perhaps the most historic letter that the White House has sent. The document tees up a head-on collision with Democrats in Congress who have fired off a slew of subpoenas in recent days concerning the president's apparent efforts to get Ukraine to investigate political foe Joe Biden. Quote, President Trump and his administration reject your baseless, unconstitutional efforts to overturn the democratic process. Your unprecedented actions have left the president with no choice. In order to fulfill his duties to the American people, the Constitution the executive branch, and all future occupants of the office of the presidency, President Trump and his administration cannot participate in your partisan and unconstitutional inquiry under these circumstances. (laughs) The document concluded, the president has a country to lead. The American people elected him to do this job. He remains focused on fulfilling his promise to the American people. It's about time. A uh, press conference to be held by Pelosi is to be announced. So, so, so can we start mm-hmm. calling Nancy Pelosi, Pelosi the Congressional Inquirer? Uh, I'm going to say, hey, well, that's here's, good. <laughs> I like that. Here's what's going to happen: is this is going to end up at the Supreme Court? That's where this is going to now. We'll talk more. You mean about, our Supreme Court? We'll be talking. <laughs> we'll be talking about it when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Okay, so I'm, I was glad to be able to bring that uh, that breaking news to you from from Fox. Mm-hmm. But I got a question: some things that have happened at Fox. You uh, and never, you and a gazillion other people. Yeah, you know, you're talking about the judge mm-hmm. that's having problems. Todd Starnes. Mm-hmm. He's gone. He's gone. He's he, gone. He started his own. Well, if you way look now, at yeah. even the analysts that are on Fox now, you notice the the hardline conservatives. You don't see them as often anymore. What what happened to, to Sheriff uh, David Clark? Yeah, what happened gone. to Sebastian Gorka? You very rarely see him anymore. He was mm-hmm. gone for a long time. Then they started bringing him back but in. But you can listen to him right here on our station. We have him on in the evening. And you notice, uh, now they don't bring me on as much anymore. That when they bring, it, it, Fox is now under control of the of the, the, the Suns. Yes. Yeah. And so they, they have moved a, a little to the left, a little too far to the left as far as I'm concerned. Kind of like Walmart. Yeah, you still got a few that are hanging on, like Laura Ingram, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson. Uh, and then Fox Business has got a, a whole string of conservatives over yeah, there. Yeah, Cavuto. Yeah, Cavuto. Uh, not so much Cavuto as uh, Lou Dobbs. Um, you know, some of Stuart Barney. Stuart Barney. I know. Can they, you these really are make sense guys. in business? As a liberal, as a left wing, you know, but you still got you got people like Shepard Smith, and you got some people that are so so uh, far left that they they they're losing. They're, people have noticed it. It's going to be interesting. And I was told, happens. I was told, I was told that Judge Janine said that she is fighting daily to stay on the air. Okay, so she's holding on to the rope. Mm-hmm, right that they're now. looking for a reason to, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. she's at the end of the rope, holding on. And I would say to her. Forget about holding on the rope. Go over there and... and Judge Janine is going to have a huge following no matter where she is. Go and join the blaze. <laughs> hey, no, what she needs to do thing. is uh, she needs to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I, I wanted her to be our next Attorney General, you know, U.S. Attorney General. That's, no, she would be interesting, to say the least. Be, hey, I would tune in every day just to see where <laughs> see she was ripping she, and tearing it. she goes into, huh? <laughs> She's amazing. It would be fun. Yeah, she'll always, be. she'll always have a, a place with the Trump team. You know that. Yeah. We're just about 45 seconds away from news. After news, we're going to come back, and we got other things to talk to. Uh, Trump on the USMCA. Now, that is uh, what's going to replace NAFTA. And the only reason that it hasn't been voted on is because the Democrats don't want to give the president a win because this, if they pass this and they vote on it and put it into play, like Canada and Mexico have already gotten ready to do, then the American farmer is standing to make a whole lot of money. For instance, there's actually they're going to let them sell milk from the United States into Canada. Used to be, couldn't do that. But we'll That's, talk about that and a lot more when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. <clears throat> Okay, so while we got a few moments here, let, let's talk about what's going on or what should be going on in Congress uh, instead of this, quote, impeachment inquiry. How about the USMCA? That's the United States-Mexican-Canada Agreement. This is a new trade agreement that would take the place of NAFTA. The president talked about that. Cut number seven. This deal is remarkable in that it will ensure that Americans have a level playing field in trading cutting-edge products and service such as videos, music, e-books, and software. These comprehensive provisions meet the gold standard of digital trade rules that was set in the landmark USMCA. And again, we hope that's going to get voted on. We hope that Nancy Pelosi gets it voted on because everyone wants it and uh, she'll have to make her own decision. Let her make her own decision. But I can tell you the American public is tired of do nothing. 
and we are doing a lot, and the Democrats are doing nothing. Thriving commerce between the United States and Japan is essential to advancing opportunity and prosperity for our people. All right, so there you have it. That's a trade deal with Japan. They just signed that. They do well. Yeah, they got that taken care of. Uh, the Mexicans on uh, have uh, ratified. Canada has not, and we're not even working on it yet. Mm. You know, because it has to be ratified by Congress. They have to vote on it. That Canada is in the middle of an election cycle. Also, yeah, yep, mm. yep. And they don't want to give Trudeau. I, I think the big question is when they decide to ratify it. Will uh, Trudeau show up in blackface when 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 they when they sign it? Yeah, if you want to see a funny Some people just grow up. If you want to see a funny presidential debate and you think the Democrats were as bad as it can get, you need to watch one of the Canadian Democratic oh, debates. It, I tell you what, it's about as bad. I think they're it? about as far left as the best the ones are. The ones in Taiwan where they get into the big fights. Oh, wouldn't yeah. that be awesome? I mean, they really do. They get in fights, man. It's great. They start throwing can, They do that in the U.K., too. Can we have the Democrats encourage that among the Democrats and give them swords? We used to do that. <laughs> they used to beat on people's heads with canes and stuff up in Congress. Not anymore. You know, uh, you know what's cool about it? Back in the Let me tell you what's days. happening in Canada right now. There is a movement in Canada. There, do you know there's actually a national Second Amendment organization? They call it a, a Second Amendment organization in Canada because uh, the people there want the same gun rights that Americans have. That we have, have yeah. Yeah, and uh, they're, they're fighting for they it. Want a First I actually Amendment have a T-shirt. Too. Someone from Canada came to my range, mm. came to America on vacation, and they came to my range and presented me with one of their little T-shirts with their logo on it. Did it say, hey. No. <laughs> I, know, I know some conservative no. business owners in Canada. Hey. There's some very conservative people in Canada yeah. because there are some free market people that own their own business in Canada that's trying to make a living with a, well, with a high cost of, of overhead of socialism. Yep. What was the beer the McKinsey brothers drank? Was it loose beer? <laughs> Remember I that? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was loose beer. Hey. The wrong crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the ones that did the the twelve second, days of Christmas the or second, whatever? Yeah, it was? The second yeah. city guys. Yeah, yeah they were yeah. great. Hey, the they people of great. Australia are trying to get their gun rights back too. Hmm. You know, this is Here's why people we need to pay attention. Here. Once you once leave you the let right it go, go, you can't get it back. That's right. Same oh. thing with taxes. Once you let the government pass a tax, it's like you're never it's getting yeah, it taken off. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, and look, look at coming up on November for the half cent sales tax that mm-hmm. they want to put in. That in better not perpet- pass. In perpetuity. It will be there forever, forever, and it will be part of your Constitution. And that's in Arkansas, folks. Please vote, vote against that. Against no it. matter how what they call it or how they, they wrap it and package it to make it look good, this should not pass under Republican leadership. Isn't three, it wasn't three cents enough. I mean, apparently, seriously, apparently you're already paying three cents hey, a gallon more now for gas. This is a half a, this is a, half a cent on everything. Yeah, on everything. The Democrats yeah. got the this... Passed. And the state government's already running a surplus. So the Democrats got this half cent passed, all right? <laughs> the Democrats, the Democrats the, 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 sunsetted it. So the Democrats hmm. sunsetted it for a amount of time to complete some projects that they wanted to do. But now our Republicans want to make it permanent 
and put it in the Constitution with the trigger to make it grow along the way. Are these blue party and, and, Republicans? And then, so mm-hmm. it won't ever have to be get to be voted on again. It'll be permanent. Yeah. So, you know, we were just having this discussion the other night on in? social media about Republicans who really are not Republicans, but they're and we just, you know every day we're seeing Democrats in this state move over to the Republican Party and run as Republicans because they see that's how they can win. The problem is is they they're allowed to run as Republicans, but they aren't. They don't embrace the the, the conservative values. Of of the Republican Party platform that are clearly written out and bullet pointed. And we've got to do something to change that. So we need to be able to vet these candidates better and we need to stop them from running on our ticket. Yeah, so, so, you know, 20 years ago, you had um, Democrats who were more conservative than a lot of Republicans today. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the problem is the Democrat Party has just gone way off the deep end in their nut mm-hmm. jobs and so these old democrats who were not who were not conservative 20 years ago the, the republican party looks good to them compared to the to the, the current democrat party and so they're joining the republican party and but they're still democrats they're, they're still they're still holding to the, the the idea of socialism maybe a little bit more moderate idea of socialism than your nancy pelosi big or your aoc they thing. love big government right and, and so you still have um a lot of big government folks I'm not seeing the um, the adamant push or the active energetic push to actually reduce the size of government. We, we've got government growing. Because <laughs> it, it don't exist. Ricky Goss on Facebook says, Jan Morgan, we need a recall law. You know, I I – I was asking for this last session, last legislative mm-hmm. session, uh, when one of our senators was pushing for for uh, he did not he did not support term limits, and I said, okay, well, look, why don't we have why don't we have recallability then? Because if we're not going to have term limits, then at least we ought to be able to recall uh, legislators in in the state of Arkansas that don't vote like they say they're going right. to vote, like John Cooper. Well, you know, the state of Colorado fixed that problem. They 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 recalled Republicans who ran as Republicans and then turned around and started voting in, in legislators like Democrats, they recalled at least two of their mm-hmm. Republican legislators. We need the same ability to do that in Arkansas, sure. but it would take, what, a constitutional amendment uh, to make that happen. But that's the kind of thing we need to be voting on instead of tax increases. And another thing, I agree with you, we need to be able to recall somebody that goes in and does totally opposite of what they told John the Cooper that they were going to do. Just like, John Cooper. just like John Cooper. Mm-hmm. But, but we also Did have I say that got not John Cooper. But Senator. we have got to have a closed primary. We have Democrats voting for the Republicans that they want in the primaries, so we can't get conservative Republicans on the ballot to even well, run well, against and here's, the Democrats. Yeah, because We've the Democrats the come in and vote against the conservative Republicans That's to exactly make sure right. that they so they get the elected Democrat for us. And, and now that the moderate Republicans, if that's what you want to call them, the middle center, middle left Republicans, the establishment, they are counting on these votes. There's a reason why the Republicans are saying, hey, red flag laws aren't all that bad. We'll make red flags laws conservative and put some due process in them and we'll make them okay. They're trying to get pick up the Democratic voters that the, that the Democrats have left and they're trying to pick them up in the middle and they know in a primary if they draw enough Democrats into the primary and spend enough money, they are unbeatable. So, so who are the well, people? you know, the big deal right now, guys, on this very 
issue is uh, State Representative Mickey Gates. You know, he got in trouble on his on tax issue. He uh, anyway, there's supposed to be a vote on him coming up on whether the, the legislature is just going to remove him, him from office. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. going to try to throw him out, even though the people elected him quarters. after he was arrested on on the tax issue. Uh, and he explained. From what I ha- have heard, they do not have the votes to win. Yeah, Seems I hope like they I don't. But if they also. do, if they do remove him. Then the, somebody said the newspaper said that the governor gets to appoint a replacement for him. But I was told that, that we have to have a special election. And if that happens, then Mickey should just run again. He might might be able to. Yeah, who well, knows? I, I think he should because the well, people I mean, elected him. That's who they want. They like him. Yeah. Uh, I know as, as a senator, whenever a senator comes out of office and there's a – a short primary, and, and they run and they run another race for senators. So, but here was my question: If we have a special election, if they get if they remove Representative Gates from office, and they have a special election to replace him, it's not going to be a closed primary. Democrats can come in <laughs> and flood our special election and elect a Democrat who says he or she is a Republican to replace Mickey, who is a very so, conservative re- Republican who vote, who has the voting record to, to so, prove it. You know, we do need a few Republicans to oversee, oversee the Medicaid board and, 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 <laughs> so, the, and the health department. So, so, so we, we need a few good uh, Democrat Republicans in there to head up some of these committees. So who are the Republicans that want to leave the primary open? Uh, do you want me to re- list names? Yes. There's a lot of them. I mean, Doyle Webb has has brought up this issue several times about going to a closed primary and he's defeated soundly about that. Who, who's defeating him? Who, who's the what? Who, who, who defeats the, him? Well, the majority of the people that are in the committees I, in the state. I, I, guarantee, I guarantee it. Well, I, I don't think it's the committee so much. Uh, you know, I know the governor has benefited from the, from the open primaries. Well, yeah. The governor has benefited from open primaries and you know, a lot of, a lot of these people, the, the people that the person that beat Linda Collins Smith up mm-hmm. in in Batesville, Arkansas, yep. he benefited he benefited from, from Democrat all, votes from, from Democrats' votes. So there's a lot of establishment uh, uh, Republicans that are playing on that vote, and that's the reason you're seeing them move left. But now it's election time. You know they're being awful quiet right now that it's coming into election time. You won't hear anything else on red flag laws until the election's over with because they can't. Oh, you yeah, will, yeah. because on, in November, when they all got to come and pay their money to say they're going to run, I'm going to be broadcasting right there hmm. on the uh, second floor so that they all get to stop could, at my my station and talk to I people. couldn't believe you asked Tom Cotton when he came in and sat down. I couldn't believe you asked him. But hey, well, we, well, he should be, be We have been I talking it about it. Yeah. Day. I know it. Right. We've been talking about that day. Hey, he's and, taking and a, he is taking you. a lashing I appreciate you that. The asking him, Dave. I do appreciate it, but that's what I need to do. People mm-hmm. need, to, need to know where people stand before the election, not after the election. I agree. Well, the thing is that so many of these people will tell you they're for smaller government, they're for your Second Amendment rights, and they get elected, and they're too afraid to actually vote for smaller government or to promote smaller government. They're, they're afraid to actually cut out various different licensing schemes. Where are these people that claimed to want to shrink this oppressive government? Uh, and they're go- working on their PAC fund. Oh, okay. And, and government continues to grow <laughs> and become more intrusive and and – and in some cases, they're not just um, – they don't even have to, um, to to write more laws. They can just um, hire more um, enforcers 
and they can just that's one way that they become more oppressive. We've There's laws so- on the books that they can oppress us with, but if they if they don't have a lot of enforcers, then it doesn't oppress us as much. But now they hire more. You know, we have solved the revenue yes, problem that we started with mm. a year ago. Oh. The revenue problem has been solved. Mm. So they're working on they're working they're, on it. They're working on it. Yeah. We don't have a revenue problem. <laughs> we have a spending problem. Huh. Uh, oh, is that right? But you, you, you need to ask the governor about that. From what I understand, the governor was saying that we don't have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem. No. In fact, we are set. If, if we continue at this current pace, we are set to have increased government spending by over $1 billion is at the that, end of eight years. But, but we still don't. We don't have a spending problem. We have a revenue problem. Mm-hmm. You know, you, we That's get the reason we need that half a cent because, because, So, today. see, one of the reasons why we need to grow government is because or one of the reasons why we need to grow the economy is so that we can grow the government because we like big government well that 1.3 billion dollars <laughs> people that don't know you don't realize that you're being sarcastic yes, I, I just I'm want being people to terribly know. sarcastic yeah, don't, yeah don't, you know if, if, if growing the economy means growing the gov- government you know i'm just about set to say let's not grow the economy Right. Exactly. So, <laughs> what did you have, R.D.? We'll give you the final word before we go to break. I, I was just saying, if if we have a surplus, why don't we need to keep a half cent sales tax if we have a surplus? All right, give it back. Let's take a break. We got one more segment to do. By the way, before we go to that, I've got two tickets to give to one lucky listener. Two tickets to Paradise to send uh, you and uh, a friend. To the 33 annual Friendly Chapel Fish Fry that's coming up on Friday, October 18th, over at the uh, Simmons Arena. Uh, these are $15 tickets. It's all you can eat. Baby, their hush puppies are like mm. the best. And it, all the proceeds benefits Brother Paul's Soup Kitchen and Shelter. Be the uh, third caller, 823-0965. 823-0965. I do suggest that. You live in central Arkansas. All right, back with you. By the way, I I broke the story with Fox about the letter that the White House sent uh, to Congress and to Nancy Pelosi and saying, you guys want to have an inquiry? Fine, but we're not playing by that game, though. <laughs> Just coming out, former White House uh, Chief of Staff Andrew Card said that the president is clearly right, and the lines have now been crossed by Congress. I do think an impeachment inquiry might be warranted, but look, the president doesn't have to play by that game. I'm, you know, basically what he's saying. So anyway. Well, they were saying, too, as I left uh, Hot Springs today, I was watching Fox, and they said that Rudy Giuliani had been served oh, yeah. with to appear. Yeah. Is he going to appear or not? Probably no. not. Probably not. He's that running Trump's attorney. Not. He's going to say no. Now, None of the, us are participating. Since the ambassador to the Ukraine didn't show today, mm-hmm. I don't expect mm-hmm. Giuliani or any of the others going to show. So who are they going to inquire? Yeah. Who are they going to question? They're going to have to they call it a daisy chain where I'm around. around. Are they going to arrest him because he won't show up to talk? Yeah, that's, for, that's for their answer crazy. their questions? They're going to try to hold them all in contempt, probably. Uh, well, they're not impeaching him yet. What else, what else is there to inquire? To, An entire transcript and conversation is there. Take a vote, Nancy. The problem is she don't want to take a vote because as much as they say they got all the votes. They don't have them. When you got like Slotnick, when I played that piece just for us. Of when she was out talking to her constituents and they were getting, booing her she when they she talked about impeachment. <laughs> that's funny. And that's the reason why the, some of those they're not taking a vote. Some of those Democrats were able to get unelected. Yeah, Trump well, is saying Trump is saying perhaps 
I can tell you it happened. Hey, the more Trump they is, talk about this stuff, the bigger we're going to win. Trump is saying, lay your cards on the table. We're yeah. not doing any more bluffing. We're not playing any more games. Yeah. If you're serious, put your cards on the table. He I'm pu- all he pushed, in. He pushed his chips he in the said, center I'm of the all table. In. I'm all in. Here's my chips out the center of the table. Fold your tar- cards on the table or go home and shut up. And I'll meet you at the Supreme Court. Don't you love the way Artie puts things? Back. He just kind of puts but it all in true. a nutshell. That's exactly mm-hmm. what he just said. Mm-hmm. He's all in. That's what he said. Now let's see if Pelosi and the Democrats are the same. We, we need, you know, we let's see if Congressman Green, who said, we got to impeach him, he might get reelected. Anyway, uh, <laughs> we need to name To admit man. that? Yeah. To admit that? That's pathetic. Yeah, a, have you seen his picture? <laughs> no. Oh, look it up, please. I call him the congressman that looks like a Geico caveman. <laughs> really? Uh, yes. He. I, oh, wow. Okay, she's looking him up now. <laughs> what, what's what's his name? What's his name? Green. Congressman, Congressman Green, Green of Texas. What will uh, happen? Suddenly, you're going to hear her tittering in the background. Well, she may... Mm-hmm. <laughs> she may after be she sees huh? this picture, yeah. How does uh, someone get like that get elected in Texas? Well, yeah. I don't know. What's happening uh, in Texas? Radio they're Californian. <gasps> a lot of... Uh, does he look like? Oh wow! He looks, he like, looks like, a, like a, a Geico caveman. He does. Uh, oh, in those, in those, it wasn't Geico, was it? It yeah. was one of those other. Cave, no, that's Geico. Caveman, uh, Geico. That's yeah, funny. That's, you know, yeah. insurance so so easy. Even a caveman can do it. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. hey, I look, that. Congress so easy. Even Green can do it. I'm just saying. Anyway, bottle. I mean, Sheila Jackson Lee is from. Houston, Texas, that's about as liberal a place you yeah, can Yeah, see, find. that's because the, Texas has been has allowing themselves to be Californiaized. That's why. All those California people moving to Texas They're have done that Texas to the state. California so they can do something profitable. Maybe they should have. Hey, they're having a big gun rights battle. And, in fact, I was invited by somebody from GOA to come in and, and speak at a deal they're having this Thursday in Texas where they've got legislators wanting to, to be able to, to watch your social media, to monitor social media, to determine who should and shouldn't have guns. They're actually having that discussion in they, Texas. When government gets so massively huge, they can afford to spy on us. Okay. Mm-hmm. Quickly, Ricky's in Missouri. Ricky, how are you? You get the final word today, so make it good. I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. fantastic. Go. I was seeing that you guys were talking about the red gun laws. I mean, it's it's getting really crazy. I mean, they need to stop doing it. Um, I know a lot of people that's been calling in on our state. We got Josh Holley in there, and he's been trying to enforce it over here. Really? And it's not a good yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not exactly a good thing. I mean, once you got your guns taken away, it's like basically this country's over with. Except that Missouri, Missouri's got some kind of cool gun laws. I've got a, a good friend from up there, and they just passed a constitutional amendment a while back that was pretty hardcore. Well, and, so did Oklahoma, except that it, it's under constant challenge. Yeah. And, and Do they have red flag laws? I don't know that either one of those states have, have red flag laws. Florida does, and it's under Republican control. Well, and everybody's fighting against them. Well, that's the thing is I think I think that so many times we've got Republicans that, that trust the government. They trust the, 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 the law enforcement community. They trust the enforcement aspect of things that, oh, they won't ever take your guns away unless there's actual due process. They take your kids away for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, just but, like the FISA court. <laughs> yeah, hey, I got an interesting phone call today from a guy in New York. One minute. 
New York asking for my talking points on red flag laws. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to send them to him because he's going to pass them out to a bunch of district attorneys and they're having a big forum there. Is it de there. Blasio? No. <laughs> I'm sure de Blasio won't show up, but they are fighting. They are fighting red Good. flag laws there. Good. So they ask for our talking points, mm-hmm. paperwork just to hand out no, to people. I, I, so that's I, I, very I cool. Because it's the people that live outside of New York City. <laughs> That don't want the red flag right. laws. Exactly. Well, and, and those are pretty conservative and I, and I think in those areas. The, the, probably the biggest thing about red flag laws is we cannot trust government to hold itself accountable when it unlawfully and illegally takes away someone's rights. They're unconstitutional. Yeah. I mean, red flag laws say? are unconstitutional. What did Jefferson say? A government big A enough republic. to give you everything is big enough to take everything away. Keep that in mind. Yeah. And yep. New York is the tail. New York City is the tail that wags the dog okay. in New York, I'm afraid. Remember, we'll be back with the power panel in two weeks. Next week, they're off. And then we'll return. Jana be here. Paul will be here. And, of course, R.D. will be here. Don't forget about the, uh, the uh, 2A uh, get-together on Thursday at 11 o'clock, second floor rotunda at the Capitol. And then in Jonesboro on Saturday, 8 a.m., is that correct, Jen? Yes. All right. For the march for President Trump. the best hour the bible guys are here (laughs) by the way let me tell you that i mentioned that the power panel was taking next week off there's a reason for that we're going to have a four hour bible guy show there you go we are actually going to have a rabbi on with us from new jersey yep get a rope (laughs) do you you remember that commercial i do not okay i'm gonna look, look this up look up pace Okay, look up Pace uh, Advertising. Get oh, yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> New so, York City. just so I can pull it. And he says, where are you from? New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah. Get a rope. So That's anyway. Get a rope. So he's going to be uh, joining us. And that that will be fun. Evidently, he's a Messianic. Correct. He was my rabbi when I was stationed up there for four years. Okay. Where were you stationed at? Um, McCord. McCord. Okay. They're closed now, aren't they? Nope. Oh, they still open up there? Yep. I didn't know that. Thought they had closed McCord. Nope. So um, some congressman was yep. worth his money, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, exactly. I I had heard that they tried to close it because of all the air traffic up there, and, yeah. and whatnot. So yeah, I'm sure somebody in the Senate or they the still House. find B-52s out of there. No, I think they um, they switched their their business. Then. Yeah, actually, I don't even remember what they have up there now. Okay, all right. I just was wondering, being a Former Air Force guy, and I know you were Air Force as well, yep. right? Yep. So, 21 years. Smart guy. Well, See, this is what I always say about the Air Force. If you want to be smart, you join the Air Force <laughs> because we send our, our officers off to fight. Right. There you go. That's just the way it works. It, 
I thought I said my wife just texted me and said McGuire, not McCord. McGuire. Yeah, yeah McCord is in Washington. Yeah, I said it wrong. Yeah, McGuire. Okay. Yeah. I, you know, I should have been. I should have corrected you because yeah. that's where I joined the Air Force was in McCord. Gotcha. I was up there with my brother up there by SeaTac, and I uh, I got I I joined the Air Force there. Cool. You know, put my hand up, checked the Constitution and all that stuff. Did all of that. You guys ready to answer? Scott will not be here today. He'll, he he promises me. He sent me a personal note saying, "I will be there for all four hours coming up." on next tuesday now some there's some special things going on right now mm-hmm. for the folks that are jewish correct correct all right tell them tell everybody bring them up on that okay so um last sunday evening began uh rosh hashanah or um as it's known biblically as the feast of trumpets that's why robert steinbach was not mm-hmm. on our previous monday show gotcha all right because it is a it is a sabbath it's not the Sabbath, but it is a the Sabbath. high holy day. It is part. It's the. It's what begins this season. Uh, it's commonly known as that begins the ten days of awe, which leads us up to what actually starts tonight, which is Yom Kippur, known as the known as the Day of Atonements, or um, how the Israelis kicked the Arabs' butts. Right. Oh, yeah, the Yom Kippur <laughs> War of seventy three. Exactly. They made the mistake of attacking Israel on Yom Kippur and then not realizing it made it real easy for all the buses to go pick everybody That's up. That's right. They were all Absolutely, the it did. Right. All in go one ahead. place. And then so that begins tonight at sundown, uh, begins a uh, 24, 25-hour uh, period of fasting. Um, and it's and biblically, it was the time in which they would offer um, the goat for all of Israel's sins. Um, and for those who are of a messianic mindset, uh, we remember this because— this is a foreshadow, a picture of the day of judgment mentioned in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, in which our sins will be atoned for by the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus. And then um, beginning uh, next Sunday evening um, is the Feast of Tabernacles. This is the time uh, in which Israel would remember the time uh, that they were in the wilderness and God commanded them to live in booths during this uh, seven-day period of time to remember how he provided for them. And so they would put up temporary shelters. And so today the Jewish people put up temporary shelters to to remember that period of time. We in the Messianic community remember that um, period of time because it's the time in which God came down and tabernacled amongst men. This is when we traditionally believe that Yeshua was born. He wasn't born during December uh, time frame, but he was probably born during this time frame because in the book of John, um, Chapter 1, I think it's verse 14, where it says that God became flesh and dwelt amongst men. That word right. dwelt there is the word tabernacle, and so he came and tabernacled amongst his people. Uh, and um, the day in which he would have been circumcised would have been on the eighth day, uh, Shemini Atzeretz, which is the celebrate or the reminding of the giving of Torah, the celebration of Torah. Uh, and since he was the word that became flesh, the Torah that became flesh— it would make sense that his flesh was circumcised on that day. All right. The so, New International Version. Correct. One fourteen, John. Okay. All right. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Right. There you go. And that word dwelling is literally the word tabernacles. Okay. So it would be, the, it'd be he sukkoted, he sukkot amongst men. And so we remember that period of time, and because of that, um, because you've heard us talk about on this show, beginning this Sunday, we are going to have a celebration at Agape 
where there's going to be a big event out in the parking lot celebrating this. They're going to have tents, Sukkot, tabernacles set up. Um, there's going to be all kinds of things for the kids. There's going to be a petting zoo. And so it's a time to I've celebrate. There's going to be a camel. There is going to be a camel. <laughs> this is going to be a party. Correct. It Absolutely. is. It's the celebration. The Jewish people, uh, a lot of people think that they're really like sticking to muds. Not no, true. No. Not. They no. like the party. The feast of the Lord, the word feast there means to twirl around and dance. The only time they don't do that is tonight right? <laughs> when they fast for 24 hours and they are mindful of their sins. And then God, through how they did it in the um, in the time of the temple and tabernacle, provided a way out through the sacrifices for all of Israel. So that's when they were, their time was atoned for. Then they celebrate their the harvest. They celebrate the fall harvest. And then uh, they celebrate God's provision and not just the provision of food, uh, but the provision of atonement. Uh, and we have a question that it talks about prophecy. If you want to understand end times prophecy, you need to understand these fall feasts. There are enormous illusions in what Jesus was saying and what Paul was saying about these things. We can talk more about that in a little okay, bit. Okay, that, now that's going to be Sunday night at Agape? It's Sunday Sunday right after service from 12 to 2. Oh, okay. It's all, so it's it all in the parking so lot. Yeah, all right, it's so all it's going to be 67 degrees. I thought it was going yeah. to be in the evening. It's going to be 46. I was going to Ooh, suggest that no. you wear a little cover. There's going to be... Um, um, they want people to bring food, and there's a way that I think you can purchase food. Uh, but food? it's just a kind, what of, kind of food. Is there special no food? I have no idea. I mean, this is not it, the that time. one. Actually, not one of the ones where there's really not a special food yeah. like there yeah. is in some of the other. Yeah, ones. what's which is the one that's got all the stuff? fried stuff? No, 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 the ice cream stuff. Oh, that's um, so, um Shavuot. Pentecost. Yeah, Pentecost. All right. Middle of the year. Yeah, Coming you have on, to come back. I got to wait till next year for you that. You got to wait till next year. I'm going to show up for that one next yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come to that one. Yeah. And then though at the the, the cook, thing that the thing that I find but, great about that is that the Holy Ghost of all things coming on Pentecost gets represented by ice cream. That's I'm right. just saying that's, that's pretty cool. Ice cream that's must funny. be holy. We will spend a lot more time talking about that next week since we're going to do a full four hours. Um, and we can really get into more yeah. of the prophetic stuff and more of uh, what tabernacles means. And, and we can even get into some of the details of how we even think the scripture points out that this was the time of, of Yeshua's birth. Okay. Uh, and I would encourage you while Which we're thinking I like about, about it, that too. Is, uh, we're, since my rabbi is coming, he's going to be on for an hour. Um, just if you got any questions that you ever wanted to ask uh, a now Jewish about guy, Judaism. Yep. And he was um, uh, raised in a... Um, um, Jewish home, but then ultimately came to faith uh, as Christ is the Messiah, as Jesus is the Messiah, then feel free to ask. So get ready to write those down. And now, Is he going to just be on phone or is he going to be here? No, he's just going to be on phone. Be on phone. Oh, do we know which God. Do we know which hour yet? Th- the three, to, 3 o'clock to 4. 3 to 4. There we go. Okay. So, give you, so if you don't get to hear it, know that you can always go back and listen to the podcast. Yeah. And we get a lot of people listen to the show on the podcast. Okay, we had to get a break in. Okay. Bible guys are here. Steve and Billy. Scott is A W O L, <laughs> but that's all right. I'll forgive him. I'll find it somewhere within me. <laughs> uh, the 33rd annual Friendly Chapel Fish Fry. If you've ever been to it, you know how great it is. Uh, you can chow down, all right? I've got two free tickets. All proceeds benefit the Brother Paul's Soup Kitchen and Shelter. The t- tickets are worth 30 bucks. This is good for you and a friend to go on Friday, October 18th, between 4.30 and 7.30. 
and to just eat like a pig. All right. I'm just saying you'll be able to eat like a pig and uh, do it on us and the friends from, uh, you know, Brother Paul's. Third caller, 8230965. 8230965. You want the tickets? I've got them. You just call in. Zach will tell you if you won or not. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And just for Steve, here we go. What's it? Hey, Cookie, more pecani sauce. This ain't paste pecani sauce. What's the difference? Cookie, paste pecani sauce is made in San Antonio with fresh vegetables and spices by people who know what pecani sauce is supposed to taste like. This stuff's made in New York City. New York City, get a rope. Pick up the original right, that's good <laughs> New York City, get a rope. Get a rope. That's fun. <laughs> I love that. That's a good and, one. Yeah, I remember it, it now. That's excellent. That's a great commercial. They should go back to that. Yeah, you know, I, but they're I, afraid that they'll. I'm not saying upset that somebody. I'm not yeah. saying that we buy paste pecani sauce by the gallon, but yeah. Close, you can't huh? get it. You can't get it at Sam's by the gallon. All right, you want to make some clarifications yes, for Sunday? Yes, uh, this Sunday we're having that event for Tabernacles from twelve to two, but that uh, we're still having regular service at ten o'clock. So right. for those who are planning on coming, and, and Pastor Scott's currently teaching on Tabernacles and why it's important for us to remember and, and all of the things that, that Jesus did during it. So if you're really not that familiar, I really encourage you to come out to Agape this Sunday. Yeah, come at drive. 10 o'clock. Yes, at 10 o'clock. Here, here to, here to and man. And then stay all the way the through man two. preach. There yes. you go. He started that teaching last week. Correct. Uh, and, and I was out at the, the English camp, England campus, so I wasn't able to hear it. Is it up on the website? Is it recorded? I'm sure it is. It? I haven't looked yet, though. So if you're interested, we can probably go find it. Podcast. And, uh, yep. 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 Probably you can, you catch, catch the it. first one before you get there this Sunday yep. to see the second one. Okay, Excellent. so let's get to a question. We want to do a question here. And uh, because we're sitting here and the time is rapidly moving away from us. so fast during this hour. All right. So it's 522. Let's talk about something that even preachers hate to preach about. Uh Uh-oh. Tithing. I don't. A lot of them. I'm just going to tell you, when they they don't want to preach about people's money. They get upset about it. I don't know why, but they do. So here's the question. I'm wondering why you believe as you do regarding tithing. I've heard you say you believe in doing it. So is it a, quote, requirement or an option enjoyed by a generous people? Also, if I was wanting to give to your ministry, could I take that from my tithe that would normally go to the church and send it to you? With that, let's start with the first one. Okay, so you guys believe in tithing. How come? I've always believed in tithing. I've mm-hmm. always heard it preached. So I got a, I've read about it. I've studied it, and it seems like to me, it's a doable yeah. thing. I, I, it I, is. Steve, I've heard Steve preach several times, uh, speak several times on tithing. And I'll let him handle that. But I, I would like to answer a more general question first, or make a more general statement first, and, and that was the. Is it something I'm required to do, or is it just something I have the privilege of doing? And I, I, I'm not attacking whoever that is that wrote that. I'm not attacking you specifically, but I, I deal with this specific issue all the time. It seems like where people want to know just how clo- close to the line can I get? You know, how how close can I get to not not being sinning, is but it tap really dancing 10%? up to the line? Ten percent? 
Right. Yeah. And, and the, the answer there is, um, well, how close can I get to cheating on my wife or how close can I get to cheating on my taxes or how I, I, I don't want to do any of those things. Uh, I stay as far away. I, I try to run the opposite direction. So I don't want to tap dance near the line. Uh, if it is, if God has given me an opportunity, a privilege of, of partaking of something that he has declared to be holy and good, then I want to participate whether I'm required or not. And with that, I will throw the specifics of tithing over Steve. And that's what we need, the specifics. What does the book say? Well, if we go, this is one of the things where I'll kind of follow the same vein that Billy was kind of pseudo-taps dancing around. (laughs) The reason some people don't like to preach about it is because it has been so misused, misrepresented, and abused by a lot of TV preachers. Um, The principle is very clear, and some people would say, well, that was in the law of Moses, and I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but it, it, well, no, I'm going to get to it. It existed prior to the giving of the law of Mount Sinai. Right. Um, it's addressed when um, Abraham um, um, won the battle, and then he brought tithes to Melchizedek. Uh, it, the principle existed long beforehand. So what we're going to look at is not the specifics, not, well, is it commanded? Let's look at the principle. And if God established that principle early on, and he showed that principle all the way through Moses and all the way into um, even Jesus mentions it when he talks about giving of the tithe of the cumin and the mint. He said, these things you ought to have done, but be- because we drop this and because we do have this big cut between New Testament, Old Testament, New Testament mindset, then we, we say, well, that was an Old Testament reference. Well, mm-hmm. we say, no, it's a principle that existed, and I think the principle should op- and continues to apply today. Um, are you going to get cursed or blessed whether your participation? Well, you're not going to get cursed on it, but you're going to miss the blessing that God promises by being obedient, whether it be tithing or whether it be just sowing seed in general. Right. So, again, the principle existed all the way back in Abraham's day and then continue on through the giving of the law and even Jesus message it. And obviously the writer of the book of Hebrews when he talks about that, um, he mentions that it's something that he in heaven, meaning of Jesus, receives our tithes today. So that means whoever was writing the book of Hebrews was implying that tithes should still should be given today. But it's not right. something that is of obligation, uh, but I think it's something that we should do. Okay. And if as regards to um, if you wanted to sow, uh, your tithes should stay in your home congregation um, because part of the tithe, it, it did many things when it was, uh, according to the law of Moses, it took care of the priest, it took care of the temple, the tabernacle, and part of it went to the orphan and the widows. And so if you want to look at the principle, uh, then what should apply to a church today is you need to take care of the place that you're worshiping at, the people who are, are ministering to you, the preachers and, and the light bills and all of those other kind of things. And then your gifts and your offerings are above your tithe. So if you wanted to support uh our ministry, then if it was specifically Agape, then you can go to the Agape website, uh, aclr.org, and um, there's a, a giving way there. But if it's for the American Institute, you can go to the AmericanInstitute.org, and you can donate there. But again, that's above and beyond your tithe. That's right, because it says 10%. All right? right, doesn't mean it stops there. Correct. It just means that's the minimum that Correct. you should be doing. And, and actually, I've heard it said once, I've never actually researched this, but I trust the guy who put the numbers out. Is if you count all of the ties of the of the of the regular increase, I think it's the first year, third year, seventh year. It actually turns out to be somewhere around thirty percent. Yeah. If you if you were to get specific and everywhere it mentions tithing something, it, it's a pretty high number. Okay. I 
didn't know that. And that's something that I, that's the first time I've heard that. Yep. Well, we stick with the 10% we, and we, we teach on the 10% and, and preachers have always taught on the 10% because that's literally what the tithe means. Yep. But that tithe, it's, there's not a tithe in scripture. There are multiple places where you are tithing and um, some generous reading can, can get you as high as 30%. Absolutely. Let so, me read this part in, in 7, 8 of Hebrews where it says, Here mortal men receive tithes, but there, heavenly, he receives them. So right. obviously that implies that they're still being received today however it is that you tie through your finances. Okay, so how are we to interpret, because this is a story that always gets thrown up to me when I talk to people about tithing, the widow's might. Right. All right. And Jesus saying, you know, the, the widow gave her last might right. uh, for, for it. Evidently, I would think that that meant that she gave more than her 10% with Absolutely. that might. And it was, there were other givings. So this, we don't know what this specific offering was. It could have been just something that she was giving um, because all that she had wouldn't have been able to tithe off of because it was so small. If all she right. had was two pennies, right. you can't tithe off two pennies. And so she was just giving out of all that, all that she had. Mm-hmm. And so the point of the story there was not to make a tithing teaching out of it. The point of the story that Yeshua was making there, those of you that have $100,000 and you feel... Um, and you're pouring it into the brass receptacle because it's making all kinds of noise for you. Correct. Yeah. You're being very spiritual by making a noise about it or being mm-hmm. seen about it. Or look, I give ten thousand dollars a year. Well, so what? It you know. Look I mean, at her. Right. Look at her. That's all she's got. All right. News. Then we're back with the Bible guys. Twenty-five minutes till six o'clock on a <laughs> Tuesday. The Bible guys are here. <sighs> Don't forget at three o'clock tomorrow. Uh, in the first half hour, we'll be talking to a attorney who's going to try to explain what was going on at the Supreme Court today about uh, the, the uh, sexual discrimination laws of the country. So we'll talk with her about that. And then uh, uh, Congressman French Hill at 335. He always joins us on Wednesday. I'm sure he'll have something to say about the letter that the White House sent to Pelosi today. He said, until you vote on a impeachment, uh, we ain't taking part in this inquiry. Yeah. Leave us alone. There yeah. you go. We'll see you later. See you at the Supreme Court. That's, that's what that's I think. It's kind of equivalent asking for asking for his uh, tax returns. They're just looking for something to prosecute. That's true. It's a fishing expedition. It is what it, it is. is. All right. So a big question here from a listener. I was wondering what your opinion is about the two accounts of the death of Judas. I know the scriptures don't contradict each other. But they say they think I think they seem to say different things. Can you comment? Is one about how it happened and the other about what happened afterwards? Uh, the short answer to that is exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, it, we we do have we have two different accounts, but what we have is a in, in that moment what he went and did, and then um, having having committed suicide, having hung from the tree, and, and having done that during High Holy Days, nobody was touching that. Right. Uh, so he hung there for a bit, uh, which is also a violation of, of the law at that time. So right. he hung for a bit until um, such a time as nature took its course, and then he... Um, we, Disemboweled we the, himself. Right. right. We, we see the second half of that as he as his body literally comes apart and he falls. Okay. So, and it, it could be that, or or the the disembowelment part could be just a, a metaphorical explanation of him just losing everything within him. Yeah, 
It, it, it may be, but it's not. A, he didn't die two different ways. It's no. not a contradiction. Okay, and disemboweled, does that mean that his guts came out or that he lost control of his bodily functions? Because that is something that happens when you're hung. Yeah, right. it can. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So with that said, they had a second question. said, what is the best way to study prophecy? There are so many different ways that seem very different, and I don't feel comfortable with most of the stuff out in cyberspace. Good for you. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think the first thing, I, I know you're teaching or recording some classes right now on prophecy, if I understand correctly, getting or ready getting ready to. Ready to. Um, so I, I will make a couple of general statements, and then I'll toss it to you. How's that? Um, I think one of the things that has happened for me in, say, the last 10 years or so um, maybe a little longer than that, is that I've become much less dogmatic. And I think that is extremely important when it comes to looking at Scripture. There are lots of people out there who have written a book, said this is the way it's going to be, and it can be no other way. And if you don't believe what I believe, you're probably going to hell. Um, here's the deal. Um, prophecy is intentionally a bit vague. Um, it, was an, it was God intended for um, for us to struggle and wrestle with it. So you're probably not going to read through all of prophecy the first time and go, I got this. I can now write my book and be done with it. So, um, be prepared to be wrong. Um, I've, I think Steve will probably say that I've been willing to admit that I was wrong several times over the course of the last couple of years. Uh, (laughs) and one of these days, Steve's going to repent and admit he's been wrong about a couple of things too. So, I mean, uh, we, we did a prophecy study for about a year and a half. And there was just a lot of things that we went back and forth about that things because um, I, I, I probably about two years before Billy moved to this place, I moved to this place of neutrality uh, in the sense that it is very difficult and prophecy is not meant to foretell. It's meant to confirm at the time right, of its coming. Right. Um, and when I hear and I listen to so much because there is so much going on right now, and I do believe that just like um, the wise men that came from the east knew the timing of the coming of the Messiah. They were within a few years, right? Um, They didn't know exactly, and they didn't know everything, but they knew there was something going on, and they did that based off their examination of Daniel 9, and and one could say Jeremiah as well. Um, But we can't be dogmatic and go this and this and this, and and again, I'm listening to so much stuff, and I heard this one person talk about all of these big-name guys and all of these prophecy experts, and I cringe when I hear statements like that made, because to use a phrase that I heard somebody say once, um, X uh, in math can mean just about anything, and a spurt is nothing more than a drip under pressure. So before we go labeling people experts about prophetic or futuristic things, we need to be very cautious. Um, there are things that when they begin to unfold, we will go, aha, and then we will be able to point to things. Right. But when we look at the things that are coming in the future, we just need to realize, as Paul referred to about the real future things in First Corinthians 13, he said, now we look through a glass darkly, but then we'll understand. And Daniel was told by the angel to seal up the book until the time of the end. And so until we're there, it's not going to make sense. So right. I would say consume as much as you want to consume, um, but just be leery of people that are hyper-dogmatic about one particular view or over another. Yeah, this is this is one of those things that I've had to wrestle with as— um, as I shift my mind from a Greek mindset to a Hebrew mindset, because um, if, if you've ever seen the movie The Fiddler on the Roof mm-hmm. and, and you've seen that classic scene with, yes, he's right and he's right as well, um, they're both right. Um, in Hebrew, they're, they're not p- poking fun there. That, right. that is a that is a legitimate 
uh, line of thought within Hebrew. Uh, and of course, we coming up in the Greek mindset and in um, a, our school system is still very Greek in the way it, it, we teach schools. Um, Socratic. Because, yeah, absolutely. And we teach that if A plus B equals C, then C equals A, and that's the only way it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, a lot of times, coming from this Greek background, approach Scripture that way as well. But Scripture wasn't written by Greeks. That's right. It was written by Hebrews. And as a result, the mindset and the way they think is radically different than the way we think by default, and we have to retrain ourselves before we can look at Scripture and go, you know what, this might mean that this has already been fulfilled, and it has been fulfilled more than once, and is likely to be fulfilled yet again, um, or things that we're looking at to be fulfilled already may have already been fulfilled in the past and aren't recorded in the Bible, they're recorded in our history books. So uh, we have to be very careful about being dogmatic, particularly about looking forward in prophecy. Or people who are naming regions or leaders. Right, right. When it manifests, we'll go, oh, there it is. And if we're still here, that means they were wrong about the rapture too. Right, right. So just don't be dogmatic. And and I think the statement you made just a moment ago, uh, understand understand that if we're here um, through the period of tribulation, it is going to be the worst thing you've ever lived through. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you're going to to need to be able to look around sometimes and go, you know what? The Bible said X, Y, Z was going to happen. And I've just witnessed that. I know I can still trust the Bible, regardless of the fact that my mind tells me that, uh, you know, something else is true, regardless of the fact that everybody I know is saying that I'm wrong. The Bible predicted this 2,500 years ago. I see it coming to pass with my own eyes. If that is true, then the rest of the book is true as well, and I will believe that no man is Messiah until he splits that eastern sky, and I am translated. Here's where I'm at, all right? Jesus says he's coming back. I believe that. So I don't worry about it. Yeah. All right? I try to live my life to... To know that if he comes back, he's not going to find me wanting. So well, I think the deception will be so strong, um, and, and we won't get into that the whole other question <laughs> that was asked. But I think the deception will be so strong that there that whatever it is that happens with the false messiah may replicate enough of that to 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 to, to trick um, to mm-hmm. flat out confuse a bunch of the more liberal leaning Christians or the middle of the road Christians. Well, easy way to figure that out. Um, I won't say who, but I got a friend who literally thought that David Copperfield was satanic because mm. he thought he was really doing that stuff, yeah. mm. that it wasn't a trick and a, an illusion. It was really happening. Yeah. And I kept saying, dude, it's all camera smoke angles and, and yeah. stuff. It's smoke, yeah, smoke and mirrors. And they just would not buy that. Yeah. All yeah. right. Let's take a break. Okay. When we come back, how do you know? When you've heard the voice of the Lord. Mm -hmm. That's coming up on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. How do I know when I have heard from the Lord? Hearing God is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And so I'm wondering how I might know for certain when I have heard from him and when it's just my own thoughts. It's a good question. It is a very good question. And and sometimes it can be a very difficult thing. I kind of joked yep. when we knew this question was coming. I said, that's the first sermon I ever taught before I knew anything. Uh, and what I did is I showed the examples of when God spoke and how he spoke and how he confirmed into different things uh, throughout the word. So obviously, um, well, we'll just start with this. If you hear things and you're being reminded by things that point to the word, that point to scriptures, yep. 
Spirit of God's recalling things into you. Right. Okay. So it's very important that you get as much as the word in because then the Holy Spirit can draw that back out and remind you of scriptures, remind you of the stories. Remember when I did this and those kind of things. And that's the Spirit of God leading you on other things. One of the things that is that I'll go ahead and hit the thing that should be very difficult and very, that I tell you to approach very cautiously um, is I believe that the Lord still speaks today, just like when he spoke to Moses, just like when he spoke to Abraham, just like when he spoke to Paul. Um, I believe he still speaks to people that way. Now, because I do run around and hang around with some charismatic folk, I don't believe it's every five minutes of your day. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe God says, turn left here, go to the Taco Bell for lunch, and then afterwards go. You know, I, I don't believe he speaks that frequently. There are some people go that Christmas I Go Christmas shopping now. I have a parking place for you <laughs> right, at the mall. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but at the same time, I do believe that there are these times where the Spirit of God is dropping revelation to you, and he speaks a specific word or a phrase or a revelation to you. Um, but how you know that is, is through confirmation of those other things. Right. And so if there was something that he told you to go do something you were dealing with, he dropped something, you go and look that up in the scriptures or you go, you get told to go share something with somebody and then it confirms then when you heard that vert, that voice, and then it's confirmed by an action that you did, then the next time that voice speaks, it will sound very differently than your other thoughts. Yep, yep, so when other things, and, and I've heard it uh, said this way, you'll know when you're knower. And there's yeah. going to come a point in which the Spirit of God will begin to speak, and you will have that. However, that is confirmed because it, it happens differently to people, uh, and then he will increase that. Right. I, I will remind you that um, Scripture says that faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes from the Word of God. Uh, if you want to hear God... Um, if you want to hear God more in your life and you want to know what's going on, I think you have to put, just like Steve said, you have to put as much scripture into your heart as possible. You know, why do we recognize the voice of our of our friends and our family and our, our, our mother and our father? We, we recognize those voices because we've heard them over and mm-hmm. over and over. And we heard them in situations that were trustworthy. So we learn to trust these voices. If you don't have scripture in your head and in your heart, then God has a hard time speaking to you because you don't yet know that voice is trustworthy. So you need to have enough um, scripture in you or at least enough familiarity with scripture that you can go find, just like Steve was saying, that you can go find the confirmation in scripture. Because generally, my experience in working with people over the years is that God starts with the simple stuff, and that stuff can always be backed up by scripture. Now, we'll say at any time, if you think you've heard from the Lord and you can find anything in Scripture that contradicts it, you need to check that voice. Mm-hmm. Um, that that God will never contradict Scripture. God is not a God of contradictions. So, uh, but the the best thing you can do for yourself is uh, spend some time every day in, in the Bible, prayer, and in Word. Absolutely. I'd like to share a story though, because something the first time I heard this story, I think I may have shared it a few weeks ago, and I was listening to I listened to regularly, and he was and he was actually talking about this line of uh, seeking the Lord and hearing his voice. And he started off the program by saying, if you heard somebody say that God told him that God hates mommies and daddies, what would you think about that phrase? Of course, when you first hear it, you go, well, that sounds ridiculous. Of course, that's not the spirit of the Lord. So this was spoken to a man in a restaurant who obviously knew the voice of the Lord. Because this, to me, took great faith in a man who absolutely knew the voice of the Lord to do what he did. And he was having lunch. And he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him and said, go tell that woman that God hates mommies and daddies. And he was just like, okay. 
So he, he goes over to this woman and said, God told me to tell you that he hates mommies and daddies. And the woman just started breaking down, crying in the middle of the restaurant. Because what happened was, as is is a young girl, she was abused by her father. Yeah. And in the evening, her father would slip into her bedroom and say, we are now going to play mommies and daddies. And he would abuse her. Mm, okay. And so though that phrase would sound very odd, but that man knew the voice right. of God so strongly that God ministered and brought healing to that woman. Right. So, But it takes time in the word and in prayer to know when God speaks and leads you to go do something that powerful, that right. strong. And that, that kind of plays back to what I was saying. I guarantee you that wasn't the first time God had ever spoke. Because that's that's right. if that's the first thing I ever hear from God, right. that voice I reject from now on. I would too. So um, that that is not going to be what you hear first from God. Um, God's objective there is to lead you to a place where he can have conversations like that with you but he's going to start someplace that for lack of a better phrase is safe for you that you can go and look and find the confirmation you know does it line up with scripture does it line up with what god has already said and if not you know to reject that voice if so you start learning to listen to that voice and it takes time it is a it is a lifetime pursuit to learn to hear Mm -hmm. listen and obey the voice of god yeah and is that not part of the whole uh, teaching, uh, part of knowing the, the Lord's voice is that he tells you things yep. and he watches to see if you do what yep. he asks? Yeah, absolutely. And then maybe if you don't, maybe he doesn't spend much time talking to you. Yeah, I I'm, just, I'm just thinking, you know. Yeah. That I, I think like if you're not going to act upon what he's laid upon your heart to do, whether it be to go study something or whether it be go share a word with somebody, call to the ministry, whatever, to give money, whatever it is. If you don't act upon it, why would he continue to speak? Much right. is given, much is required. And so he's not going to give you more unless you act upon what he's given you. That's just, I mean, that's biblical principles 101. Okay, so we move from that to the second part of a question, and it is, I am sure you've been asked this many times before, but I'm wondering what is your opinion would be the best Bible translation, what would you reckon, recommend that I use? Like a Hebrew translation or something? Uh, Hebrew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hebrew. Hebrew, I, but. I got saved in September of 96. I borrowed a Bible from my mother-in-law. I think it was a living translation Bible. And six months later, I found myself in Germany, ended up in a Bible store because I needed my own Bible. And I bought a New King James Version. Um, That's what I have. It's a Nelson Version 334. And when I wore that dude out about five or six years later, whenever it was, I bought another one. And so <laughs> I will buy the same Bible. I'm, I'm actually getting ready to buy a couple of them because this one's starting to get a little loose leafed. Um, and I plan on using that same Bible for the rest of my life, even though I took three semesters of Hebrew uh, and I can research in the language because I trust that more than I do translations. And I've yeah. never really been able to nail down because I've never actually I've never done a I've I've never done a verse by verse translation comparison. Um, so I I don't have an, an answer for that. Um, I would tell you to to learn to study in other languages. Do you think? And I asked both of you this. All right, we're down to about three minutes left. Is it a good idea for a Christian to go out and buy themselves a Hebrew lexicon and and Use that, read that, as well as reading a Greek translation of Hebrew? Only if you are prepared to learn how Hebrew works. Because when you look up a Hebrew word, you're going to find half a dozen definitions, and those definitions are not all weighted equally 
uh, and they're not all weighted equally in different verses. Yeah. So just because one tra- one word is the proper translation in context in one place in Scripture does not mean that it's always that word. So you you have to have a lot of discernment there. Yeah, it's 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 very difficult because sometimes they 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 put context uh, within the translation. Uh, sometimes it's through the lens of their worldview or their scriptural yeah, view, yeah. Um, and so it's very difficult. That's why I always I would encourage people to study every aspect. But if you just read a King James version, New King James version, um, then you're really going to get the basic of what the scriptures are trying to say. If right. you can work your way through a King James and you're not too bothered by the Elizabethan, I would tell people to go back to that, just because it is literally a translation. It's yeah. not a transliteration. So it said, the reason it also reads funny uh, is because it just translates verbatim uh, how it was in Hebrew or Greek straight into English. Yeah. So that's why it reads funny sometimes. But other times they, they change that a little bit, and then maybe in light of some new revelation, they may find a different word that, that kind of fits. So I, I really I always have a difficult time answering this just because I've never done a verse-by-verse comparison. Yeah, and I always have to – always have to. Uh state that you asked for an opinion so right. all i'm giving you is my opinion right i, I grew up um reading king james um i, I know that these and the thou's and I, I don't have a problem with them however as i began ministering particularly ministering to a younger generation um who aren't quite so comfortable with the these and thou's i switched over to a, a new king james as well probably i don't know 15 years ago or so um so i also used the new king james i found it to be a relatively solid translation so yeah. Um, I've just started working through, I did get a Bible, one of the guys I followed, Dr. Michael Brown, I did get a Bible from him called the Tree of Life Bible, and uh, I'm starting to, I'm going to start looking into that one just simply because this man's doctorate is in languages, he speaks 12 different Semitic languages, so um, he would not have gotten involved in something that would have not been willy-nilly or... um, Yeah, or not well thought out. Right, Mm -hmm. he would have not taken a half-hearted hook. We're out of time. You want to know more about the Bible? Want to know more about your Christian faith? Want to know more about why your Christian faith is steeped in Hebrewism? Where the, should it go? The American Institute.org. Whether you seek a full four year degree or you just want some information, uh, you can audit classes uh, and just sit and learn. And I, very, I encourage you very much because it will change the way you view the scriptures. A lot of things. As that are, for me. A lot of things that people are confused about will be less confused, I promise you. And don't forget that next Tuesday, the big four-hour show with a rabbi involved on uh, the Dave Ellswick Show and the Bible Guys. And this Sunday, make it out for Sukkot at Agape. That's it. It starts at 10 o'clock. That's when you get worship together with the believers there. And then afterwards, have some fun and games and food. Food. And ride a camel. All right. And ride a camel. All right. We'll take a break. Guys, I'll see you next Tuesday. All right, yes, sir. We'll take a break. Uh, we got news coming up, and Larry Elder is up next. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.